welcome to the DMT World Podcast. This is Alex8721, and that little jam you heard there on the intro, uh, that's a, a guitar session from yours truly here. Decided to put something of my own on there. <clears throat> um, I decided to take a few weeks off here recently. You know, we uh, opened up this podcast, and right away we racked up like 12 or 15 episodes right away so i needed a little bit of a break and then um also i've been focusing a little bit more of the youth on the youtube channel um you know learning about the algorithm and all that wonderful stuff that youtube has to offer um i'll be putting some content up here shortly i'm also working on getting these uh, podcasts on there as well just to get some content <clears throat> i encourage anybody and everybody um to upload stuff on the channel as well you know it's a community channel uh just send me an email if you got anything music art um extraction techniques videos of, of you know whatnot as long as it's within the youtube guidelines you know we're good to go so uh if you want to share some of your content um send me an email alx at dmtworld.net that's alex at dmtworld.net alex without the e um, today we have Euphoric Peace 42. Uh, it's a good dude. Um, met him in the community. Uh, we've spoken on Discord a few times. Great guy. Went over his, um, you know, pretty much his story, where he comes from, where he's at, and so forth. Good conversation. Um, anyhow, yeah, well, um, thanks for listening. Thank you for your support. And as always, keep spreading that love. Love you. Euphoric peace. What's up? Hey, where'd you get that? How, how'd you uh, choose that name? Uh, I don't know. It came to me a long time ago. I've used it, you know, just for like video game usernames and stuff. Uh, well, I used to really have a bad problem with opiates and uh, oh, you know, the, not, the, the nodding, the nodding thing that, that comes with that. It was kind of like being immersed in what i would call euphoric peace so that's a dangerous piece bro it was it was well, i don't you know i don't really fuck with it you know i might make some, some poppy seed tea from time to time like once in a blue moon but that's it don't i don't mess with that stuff anymore it's, hey <clears throat> does the uh does the poppies does that does that bring up any kind of like cravings or anything like that no, actually, I've I've pretty much gotten that under control. I'm, and it's different than doing like a, a pain pill per se. Like the feel is totally different. Like the alkaloids you get off of the poppy CT is a uh, you get three main ones like codeine, morphine, and this thing called theobine or something like that. And it's more of a stimulatory opiate instead of a depressant. Yeah, I feel that. <clears throat> I know in the past, um, whenever I fucked around, I, I uh, kind of felt got the same, um, you know, feeling like um, I don't know, kind of like made me a little worry. You know what I mean? Just kind of. Yeah, the more natural opiates, I feel like, don't really make me nod like that, like the, the synthetic pills, you know. And really, that's the high I was chasing was that nod. I don't know why, man. It was I just liked it. You want to give us a little bit of a backstory? 
All right. Uh, well, I was, I was born in uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. A long way from home right now. Birthplace. Uh, I'm an Aries son. I was born in April. Uh, Gemini moon. Leo ascendant rising. If you're into any of that astrology shit. What does that mean, bro? Uh, a lot of people talking about stuff like that. To be honest with you, I've never, see, I've never looked into or fucked around see, with any of that. I mean, I like, I would like to believe it's all true. You know, I'm not sure, but some of it seems pretty dead on. But then you got the opposite side. Like some of it seems pretty general and could apply to anybody. Uh, well, it's like the, it has to do with like the alignment of the the stars and the planets and stuff, and how it intertwines with your path, I guess. And how it affects you, like the energies, de- depending on where the planets are aligned and whatnot, like, you know, Mercury goes into retrograde or whatever, can influence a person, per se, in theory. So it's like a little bit of astrology mixed with something else? Well, yeah. Well, like even like, you know, the position of the moon can influence the water, you know, the tides in your body is mostly water yeah so, that's i mean i think there's something there to it um what what does that have to do with like the birthday like like birthdays and stuff well like depending on where you're born what time you're born what the date of where you're born that all determines you know each of the three signs i don't oh, know I, I don't know like who invented the stuff you know who made the rules it is what it is, you know. All right. Yeah, I never, I, I've always seen people post about it or, or talk about it, and I'm always just like, I have no idea what this person's talking about, man. But that's yeah. Cool. I, like I said, I don't know if it's true, but I would like to believe it is. Nice. All right. So uh, you said you're out of Florida. Yes, sir. We're no longer there. Nope. I uh, now reside in Denver, Colorado. Beautiful up here. Nice. Uh, had to get out of Florida, you know. Yeah, pain pills is a big thing down there. Obviously, oh, a problem for me. Had to get away from the people I knew. Uh, I'm in. You know, I went to jail for freaking weed and wax and edibles down there. What? I, I don't want to go back to jail for that again. You know, so I got out of there. Is it still like that down there? Uh, yeah. I mean. If you don't have your med card and you have like, like, see, I got busted with some wax, you know, and they didn't even, the cops didn't even know what the fuck it was. <laughs> like they thought it was like heroin or some shit, you know? And, but, uh, fucking, they charged me with a possession of a controlled substance without a prescription for the shatter, the shatter I had. So it's basically like, you know, you, you had some, you know, I guess some pain pills, I guess it's the same charge. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 backwards, man. Yeah, exactly. I was like, fuck that. So I got out of there and came up here where I mean the drug laws are actually pretty laxed up here in general. Like they just made it to where uh they defelonize most drugs as long as it's not like a date rape drug. That's the way it should be, man. I, I don't I don't understand when when the rest of these states are gonna catch up, man. Yeah, I mean it would help their economy really well i think it would also help just overall in terms of uh you know like um 
legal cases and fucking people going to jail over stupid shit and your own families being ruined or people's careers being ruined. Yeah, well, you look at like these countries. Uh, what's what's that one country that pretty much decriminalized everything? I know. I think it was Spain that had done one recently, and then I heard something about Mexico. I just don't remember exactly what the changes were. I think one was like Paraguay too, or something like that, or something. I don't know. But they they decriminalized everything and they treat everything as a like a a health problem instead of a criminal issue. Yeah, it would make it would make more sense along those lines, especially with some. Um, especially with some of these other uh, substances that people, you know, end up having issues with. Yeah. I mean, I've been there, you know, I've, I've even abused benzos in the past when I was at a rough patch in my life. Don't really like those drugs in particular either. Uh, they made me a zombie and they made me steal stupid shit. Like if I went out in public on those things, like I go to Walmart <laughs> and steal some dumbass shit. I don't even need, you know, <laughs> for, for what? Just like for the rush or something. I, I don't know why. I don't know. And it's, I'm not the only person that has done that to that I know. Like it's, other it's, many people, it's made them steal just stupid shit when they're fucked up on it. Is it like, like, uh, like I know people that have done meth before and like when they were on meth, it's, it's weird. It's like they just changed as a person, like their mind. Their, their yes. Uh, I'm kind of, I do not like tweakers personally. I don't know. Like, like you said, there's something's changed in their mind with that drug. Even like after they stop doing it, like there's something different about them in their mind. And it just drives me nuts. I mean, partly because I've had people close to me that, you know, fell into that drug's grips. And so I kind of hold a, you know, a hatred bias to it. Oh, I hear you, man. I hear you. <clears throat> Where I'm at in this area, that shit is everywhere, dog. <laughs> I remember being in, in junior high and seeing people tweak out, you know, in their teens I mean, for years and then running into them probably like seven years later and they're in their twenties and they're nothing but a bag of fucking bones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It makes them skinny. They look like a, like a, an Auschwitz you know, prisoner. <laughs> hey, but you know, what's crazy. Some people don't. I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is like the, the, the one random ones that they're like fully functional on the shit. They eat normal and don't lose weight. I I knew one like that. And I, I don't understand it. It's gotta be their pharmacology of the brain or something. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I think so. I think those same type of people probably do well on like, um, on like uh Ritalin or Adderall stuff like that you know what I mean yeah I've tried that stuff too I, I didn't really like the amphetamine prescription stuff yeah not not my cup of tea more more of a downer yeah I was I like like I said the opiates and the benzos I even mixed them opiates and benzos should have died probably yeah so let me ask you something uh when you when you left Florida you did that to kind of get away from all that stuff and how did, yeah. uh, how's it been since then? Uh, great. Well, even in the past, like, cause my dad lives up in like Des Moines, Iowa, that area. And yeah. So I've got, fr I got friends up there. And since after high school, you know, I would go back and forth between Florida and Iowa cause I'd get homesick of Florida, you know, I miss the beach and stuff and my family down there and friends down there. And I'd end up getting sick of Iowa and go back. But every time I left Florida, my life got better, it seemed like, you know what I mean, when I was in Iowa. And then anytime I went back to Florida, my life just got shitty, you know. I started, you know, doing bad drugs and shit. I don't know. 
Yeah, happens. I mean, uh, usually it's uh, your surroundings too. You know, kind of take you back to this. Um, you know, the state of mind. Like for me, for example, when I go down, <clears throat> I still live in the same neighborhood or not neighborhood, the same city I grew. You know, I grew up in and you know, going back to the old neighborhood where I grew up and, you know, it, like as soon as I get maybe, I don't know, like within the area, man, everything just kind of kicks back on. You know, I get that heightened sense of what, like almost kind of like I'm just ready for whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, yeah, I know what you you're know, back to. I know sometimes people say that, you know, running away from the things uh, you know they look at it like that like you know you can't run away from things and it's true it's true you can't run away from what's inside but you know changing your environment does help somewhat you know especially if you're if you're ready yeah to well change. that that is true because like like i moved out here to denver i don't know nobody out here you know like came out here fresh start over nobody knows me i don't know them you know let's do this with a clean slate see what happens and at first you know like a like I've got a a girlfriend. She lives in Tennessee. It's a long distance relationship now. It used to be better when I lived in Florida. We were only like five hours away. But uh, I got out of jail, man. Like cause I came straight up here after I got out of jail. And I was I've always had an anger problem, right? I I was abused as a child, and I don't know. But I think it stemmed farther than that. Like I can get into that in a little more detail in a bit. But uh. When I got out of jail, I was so angry, like, and understanding, like, she's, like, two hours time difference from me. So, like, I get off work late at night, you know, and call her, want to talk to her because I'm riding the bus and train home or whatever, and she wouldn't answer, and I would just start just getting angry, and I'd project my anger onto her. She didn't deserve none of that, man. Yeah. I was being a real piece of shit. And, uh, yeah, that, like, like you said, you can't run away from something like that. No matter where you go, like you got to work on that yourself, which I did with some penis envies. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, I looked through like my whole lineage, man, and like, like I remember the question came in my brain. I guess like Terrence McKenna would say it was the mushrooms talking to me, you know. And it yeah. said, "Why are you so angry? Where does all this anger stem from?" It took me on this crazy ass journey, man. His penis envies are the real deal. And after that, the anger was gone. Like, I even used to get, like, mad, like, waiting at the bus stop when it's cold outside. The bus was, like, a couple minutes late. I'd just get angry, filled with rage. That stuff was in the wind. That's, yeah, and that stuff, after that mushroom trip, never happens anymore, man. Like, sure, you can get mad, but it's not the same. Like, not, it's not a rage-fueled anger. No, I hear you. I, I mean, I... I... I've pretty, pretty similar, had pretty similar issues. Um, now when you, when you kind of took that inventory or whatever, and, and kind of look back at, you know, where that anger originates from, was it uh, like a specific thing or was it just a bunch of different? Uh, it might've been a bunch of different things. Like, uh, my grandfather on my mom's side. So my mom's dad, he's no longer here. Like he's passed away from cancer, but, uh, he was, that probably the angriest person I've ever met in my life. And so, like, like I said, like the, the, the penis envies, they kind of had me going down my lineage, like my ancestry. Like it's like the anger was passed down, you know, through the generations or something. Mm -hmm. And I asked like 
my grandma because I called her like my great grandmother actually like so it'd be his mother after this penis envy trip you know I told her all about it and uh I asked her like if his dad was angry and she said not really it was only whenever his dad had his problems with alcohol and was drinking a lot but after he got sober off the alcohol like he kind of calmed down and didn't have the anger problem anymore alcohol is always a weird one man um especially when you have issues like that it, you know we always run to it so quick you know especially i mean like the majority of people you know it's it's so readily available as opposed to other things and and you know you don't got to go to a doctor to, <laughs> to get it you know what i mean but it's funny how we choose it to kind of help us um numb the pain or escape the issue or whatever the case may be but <clears throat> i mean uh you know, I've, I've had many, many um, uncles who were alcoholics, man. And I mean, I've seen motherfuckers waking up on the side of the house, you know, on a, you know, on a, in a winter morning, fucking asking me to go get a bottle of fucking uh, aftershave because they had the fucking shake so bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've been there with, with, with draws and stuff. That's no fun. No, that stuff is no good, man. I mean, look. I don't mind drinking a beer here and now here here and there every now and then, but um, the, the go-to for issues uh, has definitely changed, you know. Yeah, I I used like alcohol has always been a big issue in my family. My grandma always told me like not, you know, you get involved, like drink too much, because you know it's a problem in my family. And she was right. Like even in high school, like I started partying hard. I would always drink and get blackout drunk, you know, wake up the next day, I'd get in fights. Like I said, I had an anger issue. And I guess like when I got blacked out drunk like that, it just came out, you know? And, uh, I don't know, but the alcohol just, I got tired of it making me feel like shit the next day. No fun. And when I, when I finally like really like got that first weed high for the first time, like the real like blitz weed high, it kind of made me change my whole thing. I was like, "Wow, I've been doing the wrong shit," you know. Yeah, you know, I um, I remember after I remember after uh, trying, you know, the traditional, you know, medication or uh, rehabilitation centers, uh, mainly through the VA. Um, I remember the first thing I did was go back to to cannabis, uh, and it was uh, really helped out a lot with you know the preliminary stages of of dealing with my shit, you know. And I remember right after high school, I was like really depressed because, you know, in high school, you know, I was a jock starting strong safety on a football team. You know, I was popular, had friends and I was always throwing parties and stuff, you know, going to parties. And then my friends all like moved away, went to college. Well, I didn't qualify for a Pell Grant and I was scared to take a loan out and go to college, go in debt stuff. So I stayed home and was lonely, bored kind of fell into like a little depression hole. Didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Felt useless. And then, you know, the weed one day, whenever I finally just decided to really give it a try and kind of helped. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a good do thing. Do you think that, 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 that depression that I, I don't know about uh, females or women, but like young men go through, especially like, you know, young young men who maybe didn't have much guidance or maybe they, you know, their family wasn't involved in, in certain kind of industries or whatever. 
you know, where, when you finish with high school, <clears throat> you just kind of sit on your ass wondering what the fuck is next sometimes. You know yeah, I mean? that, that was exactly what I went through right there. Like, I didn't know what the fuck, you know? I was like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Like, I felt like I was already supposed to have my whole life figured out, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I can, I can definitely relate to that, man. You know, I, I, I kind of went to the same kind of went to the same um, thing after, after I graduated high school. That's what I, that, that was around fucking nine, what was it, like 9-11 and everybody was fucking going overseas and shit, so, you know. I, I graduated in 2012. Oh, shit. Oh, that's right, man. You fucking, man, did you watch your feet on my lawn when you're coming in here? Dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, dog, my bad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I've seen a lot of shit in these few years. Hey man, I hear you, dog. I hear you. So after, um, so once once you started, so you started uh, smoking weed or, or ingesting cannabis after uh, you got out of high school. Yeah, it's probably about a year after, maybe a little less than a year after high school. I mean, I tried it for the first time before school one day with a buddy in ninth grade. And we smoked it out of a soda can. It's probably some dirt weed, you know, shitty weed. We're fucking ninth graders, you know. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't feel it, but he was like, we had first period class together, and he was back there, you know, giggling. He was obviously having a good time. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, this seems like a waste of money to me. I don't feel shit, which I guess happens to more people than not. Like their first time with weed. Like, I guess there's like a reverse tolerance or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know, the first time I ever smoked weed, I was, I think I was like 12 or 13. And I remember not feeling shit either. But I think for me personally, it was just maybe I wasn't inhaling or something. I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, that, that could be it too. I noticed like some people seem to just cheek it, you know, they leave it in their mouth, they don't inhale it, or the, they kind of swallow the smoke instead of <laughs> breathing it in, you know, and end up burping smoke, you know, yeah. ate the smoke kind of. Yeah, I guess that could be the problem too. Inexperienced smokers, they don't know how to smoke properly. <laughs> I think that that was the case for me. Yeah, probably. I because I, I when I got my little brother stoned for the first time, he definitely felt it. But I got him <laughs> ripped off of my big ass bong. You know what That's, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're gonna feel that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's that for sure. I mean, I, I remember the same thing with me. I, I tried I tried smoking weed early on and then probably later in my in my later teens, uh my younger brother, I think he was probably like sixteen, seventeen at the time. And I got him high for the first time. He was fucked up, man. Oh yeah, my little brother he he threw up. <laughs> like gave him like motion sickness or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey dude, that shit happens, man. Some some people are just a little more sensitive to to some of these uh compounds or substances. I mean, shit, I, I went, I went like 10 years without smoking and then went back to it about, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And then, uh, oh man, it's like I started over completely. Yeah. Yeah. When I got out of jail, you know, cause I was, they wanted to give me a uh, probation and I, I didn't want to do that cause I, I can't do probation, man. It's a trap. You know, you got to pay for it, first of all, and then they're going to want to drug test you all the time. You know, I'm I'm a pothead. You know, I'm going to get high. So I was like, man, just give me some jail time. 
you know, and they, they offered adjudication withheld with the charges. So I'm technically not a felon. Uh, yeah, like, as long as they gave me a nine month sentence, which in Florida, uh, you only do like 85% of your time. So I did like seven months in there in county jail. Oh, county and, jail, man. That's yeah, nice. it sucked. It sucked. But I had good times in there. I made the most of it, you know? Nice. Yeah. Make some lemonade. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're you're stuck there. Can't do nothing about it. Might as well not make your own self miserable just by dwelling on the bullshit. Yeah, definitely. Gives us some time to, to think about the shit, huh? Yep. Sure did. I never I never got that far into things, you know. Everything everything I all the fucking dirt I did, man. You know, the only time I ever got fucked over is when probably one of the first or second times. Um, but I, I stayed out of trouble afterwards. You know, I, I grew up with <clears throat> every single, but everybody going to fucking jail and then prison and just constant prison life, you know, in and out. In yeah. And out. Yeah. No. I, I, I checked mug shots pretty often back, back home and just to see, <laughs> you know, who's getting arrested. And I see a lot of, uh, frequent flyers. Yeah, it happens, man. Yeah. So when did when did you start uh when did you start the drinking and all that? Uh drinking probably sixteen. Oh shit. Yeah. When did, how long have you been out there where you're at right now? Uh a year May thirtieth. Oh no shit. Nice. Yeah. Yep, yep. Damn so you're love fresh. It. You're fresh yeah. out there, huh? Yeah, I love it out here though. It's nice. Beautiful out here, man. I bet. I've been out there before. Um, fuck, back in like mid-2000s. Back in like 05 or 06. I had a buddy who lived out there. Um, we went out there hiking out. And uh, you know you know where the Red Rocks? Uh, the amphitheater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of trails up up that, that area right there. And uh, I remember just getting dropped off and walking out for like, fuck, man, maybe... 12 16 hours till light went down and then found a little spot and next day spent a lot of time just kind of hiking around climbing up some little <clears throat> rock faces out there it's cold as shit too it was like november or something like that oh yeah yeah pretty nice man beautiful beautiful uh beautiful environment out there for sure oh yeah man i love it yeah it's some good terrain out there man if i ever leave uh probably only other place I would think about going might be uh, Oregon. You've been out there? I have not. I've always wanted to. I know we got a couple of people out there, and uh, they, yeah, it seems pretty fucking nice out there. Man. But you know, yeah, I've, had, I've had people here tell me it's it's even more beautiful than here. Oh shit! And I was like, how can that be? Because this place is fucking phenomenal. The stuff hey, I've seen out here. When you were in uh, Florida, did you grow up like in a in a city type area, rural area? Uh, it's, a, it's a tourist town area in between two Air Force bases. Oh shit! It's a Destin, Fort Walton area. It's right in between uh, Eglin Air Force Base and Herbert Field. Yeah, I know. I know where that's at. There was uh, they've got some uh, military training out there in that area. Yeah, even uh. Right after high school, I played, like I told you, I played football as a jock. I started playing on a rugby team, a military rugby team. So I'd go on base and practice with them and stuff. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So I got a taste of the military, you know, life. 
like just with them, you know, them jabbing at each other, how they talk to each other in different branches all on one team. It's fun. With the Air Force dudes? Oh, that was uh, Air Force, Marines, Army. They're, they're all different branches on the team. Yeah, I think they, they've got a few uh, training um, schools out there. I know of, and it is like a joint joint thing. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of stuff out there for sure. That's pretty cool, man. What? How the fuck did you get into that? Uh, well, my senior year of high school, I was up in Iowa living with my dad, and uh, they decided to start a rugby team that spring, my senior year. So, you know, kind of got me interested in, you know. And the sport's kind of growing in the United States, actually. And, uh, you know, I had an offer, like, I played high school football in Iowa. I had an offer to play at Southwest Minnesota State. But me and my dad kind of had a falling out. We didn't get along very much. I kind of just wanted to get away from him. He wanted me to go there, so I kind of didn't want to go there. You know, hard-headedness. And, uh, and plus, I just wanted to get – I wanted to go down to my mom's side of the family in Florida back down there obviously was the best idea looking back on things but uh yeah so I got into rugby since I didn't take the football scholarship offer it was like the next closest thing I thought it's pretty much like rugby and soccer together or football and soccer together makes rugby my bad nice nice um how was your uh how was your uh childhood like with your mom and dad were they were they together or did they just uh my mom my mom was 16 when i was born and my dad was 21 oh shit Young uh, she she wanted to give me up for adoption i was told because she was 16 you know didn't didn't feel like she was ready to raise a kid uh-huh. but i guess i had to get my dad's permission so he was like no nah, and stopped it and i guess it was a custody battle for me damn and he, he ended up getting custody of me when i was four and i went to live with him for like a year and like i said i was abused uh by his wife at the time, my stepmother. And he ended up walking in on her beating me one day and I ended up going back and living with my grandma. I view I really view my grandma as my mother. Yeah. And I tell her I'm open with her about everything. I tell her everything. It's always good to have man. Yeah. I just don't so understand. No, yeah, my, my parents were never together like that. And uh I ended up going back and living with my dad when I was eight. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I had a stepsister, right? And he seemed like, as I got older, he seemed to like treat her like she was an angel. You know, gave her everything on a silver platter. Where I had to like work for all my shit. Like my first car, I had to work and buy it myself. Like they bought hers. You know, it kind of made me feel some type of way. I don't know, envious, jealous. Like I'm like, uh, you know, I thought I'm like your own flesh and blood, man. Like what the fuck? And he would impose like strict rules on me where she didn't really have any rules. And it kind of just made me really rebellious towards my father. And, uh, you know, as, like I said, as a jock football player, uh, I got to the point where I was like, bro, we're going to fight in the backyard. Like, because he, he used to always tell me, I remember when I was like eight, like, so I used to watch WWE with him. It's like, when you turn, like, 18, we're going to fight, you know? I mean, he was joking around. But, you know, I was so heated. I remember when at this one specific fight we had, I was like, 
you know, you always, like I was 17 at the time, senior in high school. And honestly, I, I could have, I could have taken my dad a lot stronger than he was and more athletic. And uh, I was like, dude, you always told me uh, we're going to fight in the turn 18. Well, we can go in the backyard and settle this right now. And then he kind of like, was like, oh, I'll call the cops on you, man, for harassment. I was like, oh, you're going to, oh, you're acting all big. I was like, you used to act all big and bad. What happened now? You know, and then kind of thing, he kind of just said, just get out of my house and go live with your mom and finish your senior year down there. You know, <laughs> I haven't really talked to him since. You know, that's strange that, uh, you know, shit like that happens. You know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty fortunate to be here in my, in my son's, you know, lives right now. You know, I, I grew up in a similar situation, but, um, you know, you could see how, how it changes. It molds a, you know, a person's childhood, you know, that shit sticks with you too, man. Yeah, I mean, I look back on it and like, you know, maybe, I, maybe I should reach out to him, which I have tried actually. Like when I was in Iowa before, you know, I went over to his house, reached out with him, but then it's like, you know, I was open with him. You know, I told him like I had a problem with drug use, which I got over, like pain pills. I'm a pothead, blah blah, all this stuff. I don't know. Maybe it turned him off. Like, oh, my, my son's just a, a druggie. I don't know. But then, so he kind of like just ignored me for a little bit after that. So I was like, all right, I tried, you know, and he's, you know, still being whatever. But then like now he'll still like, he'll write me randomly be like, I love you. I miss you, son. And I won't open it right away. Usually, you know, cause I don't know what, I have a lot of pride, I guess, that I deal with. And I just don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. You know, I, I guess there's there's a certain point in your life when you kind of, I don't know, you kind of, um, like for me, you know, I just got to a point where I held on to shit for too goddamn long and, you know, came across a couple of instances where it made me truly realize how finite our existence is and, you know, kind of just gave it up, man, because um, yeah, some shit like that's just too goddamn, too much dead weight, man, for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, on, and with my mom and her case, like I said, I've got people that, I've lost to the grips of meth. Well, she kind of started getting into that, you know. And she's kinda, always just kind of been a piece of shit person, really, if I'm going to be honest. Like, she's got five other kids besides me. And they were always, like, even when I went down there my senior year to go live with my, down there, after my dad kicked me out. Uh, like, my grandma was always the one taking care of all five of those children. Like, and she just kind of, you know, pawned him off on my grandma. And I was like, I'm sitting back looking at this. And I'm like, nah, this isn't cool. Like, you need to take care of your fucking kids, you know? And it just, I don't know. And then built the animosity. And then she started getting into meth and being even more of a piece of crap. Now she's like, she lives in and out of hotels, I'm pretty sure, down there. Freaking, it's probably still doing the same stuff. Yeah. That's a whole... Whole different lifestyle. It's uh, too fucking. Yeah, bad. yeah. So uh, I feel some kind of way against me. Definitely understand that, man. So what? What the? Wh how did you get started into? How did you even end up on that uh, ape trip? Like, what? What was the catalyst for that? What, how did all that? Oh, the penis envies. Well, I mean, yeah. I'd done mush. I'd done mushrooms and stuff before that. You know, trippy stuff. I never had it. I had never had a trip like that, especially with mushrooms. Like, I don't know. Maybe I was, 
wasn't eating the right mushrooms. I have no idea. Well, I, <laughs> you know, I've talked to a few people on here and, <clears throat> you know, that, that happens a lot. And I, I think the one thing that I've noticed is the intention, you know, um, and, and it may have been accidental in your case, but, you know, for the, for the most part, everybody that I've talked to on here, at least, you know, we've all had an experience, some type of psychedelic experience, <clears throat> you know, in our earlier years. And it wasn't until, you know, we went in with intent that, you know, that it just changed completely. And, you know, you kind of realize that there's a, you know, that there are tools, you know, and they're, um, they can be used, um, if used wisely, you know, you can, you can rebuild yourself, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what first, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you what, like, what, what, what happened at that point in your lifetime when you, when you were like, well, fuck, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. Or was it just more of an accidental type thing? With the penis envies, I mean, they were gifted to me by uh, somebody on the site, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a meetup, like, here's a gift, you know, first meetup thing, you know, we just met each other and dude gave me them, you know, and he's like, make a tea out of them. And I was like, okay. So I did what he said, you know, one of my first days off after he gave them to me and so, all right, let's do this. I'm going to see what happens. And you know, sure enough, that happened. And then uh, <laughs> I, fe- I felt like I had to repay the guy. And uh, first he was like, no, nah, no, nah, like wouldn't accept anything. Like he was scared or something. Cause I was trying to give him like, it's offering to blast them off with DMT never done it before hmm. finally he's like finally he's like all right bro i'll try it so get off work you know he comes over one night and you know i fire up my dad rig got an e-nail uh, we put a i set it to 545 degrees which the the nail itself is actually a lower temperature than that it's the coil is what's 545 and uh I dropped one scoop in there for him. You know, I didn't really weigh it. I never really do with DMT. I, I don't really feel like the need to, honestly. But uh, he hit it, you know, closed his eyes. You know, we waited 30 seconds. He opened his eyes and he's like, is that it? And I was like, well, what happened? He's like, nothing really. I just saw like flashes of colors. I was like, I don't know. Maybe you need to do more. He's like, uh, all right. You know, he seemed uneasy. Like I was just yanking his chain or something. Like he, like, he was kind of scared to do more. I was like, come on, man, just do it. So I get an even bigger scoop out, throw that motherfucker in there. And, you know, he hits it all oh, this time. I can tell it's, it, it did the job, you know. And uh, he came out of it and, you know, he left like pretty quickly after that. He's like, all right, I'm going to get out of here, you know. So I could tell kind of freaking out, you know. But we, him and I became really good friends. We're like best buddies to this day. So how was the, uh, how was the, the experience? The, uh, how was that the, he had, that he had, uh-huh. well, he told me, uh, like he saw. Wait, himself. wait, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't try the DMT at the time. Uh, I had, I mean, I've done DMT. Yeah, I'd done DMT before that. Oh, this shit. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he saw. Uh, he told me, uh, you ever saw like Superman the movie, like the newer one, where uh, like General Zod and his henchmen, like they get put in that like space prison thing. He kind of like saw himself in that, like a cube. And it was like co- like different color on each side, and then but the side like that he was facing like looking into was clear, transparent, and he saw himself sitting in there. And he said, "Uh, he waved at himself, you know, like the guy in the cube that was him waved at himself." 
And then all of a sudden just like started pulling his hair out of his head and it just kept regrowing like, like a Play-Doh guy, you know what oh, I mean? Shit. And I, that's, that's basically what he said he saw. And he said it just like freaked him out. I don't know. Like he said it didn't really freak him out that much at first, but the more like later on, like the next couple of days, the more I thought about it, the more it bothered me. <laughs> that happens, man. It definitely does. Yeah. Especially, especially like afterwards when you have that time to kind of think about it. everything kind of happens so quick and you're a little you're a little um the time you know the, the the length the duration of time you know like a second under you know when you're in dmt is like you know an hour or two depending on how deep you oh, go yeah. in. <clears throat> at time time is warped even after you come back you're still kind of you know still kind of slippery there for a second oh yeah now yeah, i've done dmt multiple times i mean i've I, I still do it like every once in a while. So did, whenever, uh, I'm feel, whenever I'm feeling froggy. You know? <laughs> did the uh, so you had tried DMT prior to the psilocybin trip? Oh yes, prior to that penis envy trip, yes. Did you have any kind of uh, what people call breakthroughs? Oh, uh, my first time ever doing it. This guy, like he said, he had it. You know, I was over there buying some wax and shit from him. And he just got back from a music festival and he had something on. You know, he loaded it up in a meth pipe. You know, it kind of sketched me out the meth pipe first. Yeah. Like, man, you promise, you promise this is what you're telling me it is. <laughs> like, I swear to God, if this is meth and I start tweaking, I'm, I'm going to whoop you, bro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't do that to you, man. I promise. I'm like, all right, I'm trusting you. And he, you know, twirled the pipe and, you know, held the light and he just told me to inhale, you know, hold it in and take like a few hits. And after like the third or fourth hit, you know, uh, all of a sudden, uh, all over the walls, it was like hieroglyphics, just individual, each square, you know, they're all over the place. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to close my eyes. And uh, when I closed my eyes, it was darkness. And then, like, right in front of me, I thought it was like a tree at first. It had, like, a big base, and it seemed like it had, like, these limbs flowing out of the top, right, or, like, these branches. But upon, like, this further observation... I realized like this was a body and those were not tree branches. There were tentacles and this thing was facing away from me. And it was the, the body outline. It was all like bright colored, like bright yellow, bright pink and white light. This body was made of light. And then like inside of the body, you know, inside of the outline was darkness. And it was turning its body towards me to face me. And then when it finally faced me, it was like this giant big eyes in the middle of the body. One big eye just open. And I don't know, I guess it kind of freaked me out. And I just opened my eyes and that's, it just ended, you know? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you saw a fucking octopus, man, or what? I don't know what the fuck it was. Like some sort of cracking tentacle entity. I have no idea, bro. <laughs> that that's was my first time ever doing it. You ever, uh, <clears throat> you ever but I, meet? You ever meet any uh, entities like that you communicated with? Uh, I mean, one time off a DMT cartridge in a room one morning, I decided to give a whack at it a few times. And this time, when I closed my eyes, like it was darkness again. But in the middle of the darkness, it was like this triangle. It looked like a piece of like brass or metal and it had like an eye symbol on it. And then from the top two points like the top and bottom all of a sudden like lightning like shot out of it and all of a sudden the whole environment it was changed from darkness and it was white right and then 
all of a sudden this it was like a nun appeared right it looked like a nun like the clothes was like nun like but it was white instead of black and like even its face was white its hair was white skin was white but its face had no facial features right there's no eyes no mouth no nose a blank face and it held out its hands and in its hands was like this pyramid with an eye in the symbol and there was like rainbow lights shimmering around it and like these symbols rotating around it and i don't know what all that meant but yeah that was one time and then uh just last week last on monday uh i decided to blast off in the morning you know i just woke up you know hit a couple dabs and some, something was telling me yeah, let's try some dmt this morning see what happens so uh and this stuff it was like really like it was white colored dmt like white not not like the yellow jungle stuff. And uh, so I put, put one scoop in there, hit it. I didn't feel like it was enough. So I dropped a, a bigger scoop in there, another one. Hit it, and ooh, I felt it. So I laid back, and when I closed my eyes, uh, I saw Ra, like the sun god, Egyptian, you know? Yeah. I saw him. I mean, he didn't say anything to me or anything. I just saw him, and then he kind of just moved his arms around and gave me like this cool light show and then like i opened my eyes and like my body kind of started shaking you know and my jaw was shaking and i texted my homie the guy that you know that made the stuff and gave it to me to try and i was like bro why am i shaking i've never had this happen to you before and i was like i'm on it right now i'm tripping right now and He's like, oh, you probably just got to overload. Like, you did too much. Like, he's like, how much do you do? I was like, I don't know, bro. I don't weigh the stuff. <laughs> Shovel it in there. <laughs> that's, that's the best so, way, man. Yeah. So that happened, yeah. And that's about, I mean, it's probably the, the three major entity things I've seen. So has this all been pretty recent, like in the last few years? Uh, The, the first time was by... I don't know, maybe three to four years ago. Hmm. Uh, but but everything else has been like since like December, January. Oh shit! Yeah, you know it's it's crazy how um, in the last I don't know I think five years it's pretty it's it's wrapped up, and I think in the last ten years um, is when <clears throat> I started seeing more you know psychedelics reemerging. Not even just in you know small circles, but even just like nationally in the news and TV and articles and shit like that coming out. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, we'll bring it's brought a lot of new people into this uh, this industry, including myself. You know. Yeah, well, I think they do. Like even as, as it's shown in my life, obviously, I think they do a lot of good. Like even like whenever I've given people things, like I've I've blasted people off of DMT, you know. That wanted to try it. They're just friend coming over and hanging out, and you know the topic just got brought up. And I'm like, well, do you want to see what it's like? You know, I can show you. Yeah, you know, like I can show you. And you know, they always say like, oh my god, that was amazing. You know, and you can kind of see the change like in their whole aura, their their vibe. You know, a lot happier after that, or even like, you know. If I've gifted somebody like a mushroom, allegedly, or you know some other trippy thing, it, I see like the good it does in people. 
makes people happy, feel love, you know, figure shit out. You know, what's crazy is, uh, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I've, I've witnessed people, um, blasting off for the first time or experiencing the DMT for the first time. And I think a very few small amount, a small amount of people, um, it shook them, you know, um, but even yeah, yeah. people came back, you know, or they, or they started, you know, down the psilocybin path, you know, eventually found it, found something for them. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people I do talk to about like these bigger doses, crazy trip things, or even just DMT at all. Uh, you know, they're scared. And I'm like, what are you scared of? You're scared of yourself. You, you know, know, you know, I talked to my, so my wife, um, she, she's fully support, supported me throughout these, you know, last few years that I've gone down this path. And um, <clears throat> she's um, one of those type of people, you know, where she's like, oh, I don't want to go too deep. You know, she's had a few small, you know, like microdose experiences and so forth. Oh, yeah, I microdose every day. Well, every work day at least five days out of the week, two days off. You know, mushroom, mush, mushrooms. How long and each you, day? Like, what's up? How long have you been doing that for? Oh, uh, well, I started microdosing probably during the, the COVID lockdowns. Okay, you know, was, I was doing it like one day on, two days off at first uh-huh. during the lockdowns. But then when I started going back to work, I was like, I'm gonna do this every day at work. And so I uh, kind of got it on a schedule. Like Tuesday, I work Tuesday through Saturdays, right? So on Tuesday, I'll take like a quarter of a gram, 0.25. And then like, I'll increase the dosage by like a point, you know, each day. Uh-huh. Or, or, or maybe two points if I'm really feeling froggy. But so like by the end of the week, I'm sitting at like my last day of the week, I'm sitting at like uh, anywhere from three quarters of a gram to maybe even a gram if I'm feeling really froggy, you know? Nice. You and know, it, I, I, I've even noticed... It's it, it's helped my work ethic. Like I do a lot better job. I'm more focused on my job. I even feel smarter, kind of, on them. Like I can think more clearly when I'm microdosing. And it's even been acknowledged, like even in my bosses, like they're like, "Holy shit!" Like Joey's, you know, Joey's doing. He's doing good. You know, like you're about your shit, huh? Yeah. You know what's crazy is I, I, I microdose for pretty pretty regularly from for two years total and that was from 2018 until or sorry 2017 the beginning of 2017 till about the beginning of this year no sorry prior to that so last year is when i started doing uh, like a larger macro doses um i, yes. I, heard, I had my first psilocybin experience about four years ago and this year just kind of dipping my toe here and there and then microdosing for two years and then doing the macro dose um one thing that i did notice though and this is something that maybe you can kind of uh talk about is uh <clears throat> i i noticed that between different um strains quote unquote uh the the microdose um had there was a difference in it you know well i haven't experimented too much with different strains i mainly just do a mazotapic because that's what i grew personally uh like my homie i told you about it's my best buddy. I mean, he grows allegedly some too, you know. But and we've got others. Like I have others, like just sitting here. But I haven't busted into those. Like, I've got some Melmax and some Thai Leapy Eyes. I got those sitting here. But uh, I, I've just been doing the Maz. You know, I that's crazy. I know we talked about this uh, earlier. We were messaging about it. Um, that was one of the first um, 
the first type or uh, first psilocybin mushrooms I've ever had. And that's actually the ones that I microdosed off for those two years. Yeah. And that's, 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 I thought it was funny because that's just the first type of mushroom I grew, you know, had a successful grow with mazatapic. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty common one out there for sure. But I don't know. There's, I, I've tried a few other ones, um, but those are always on the top of my list, man. And um, for a while there, you know, just kind of kept a, a good culture around, but um, I, those, those are, those are pretty cool. I, I, I think that I wonder if there's any, um, if anybody's done any kind of documentation, even research in terms of different types or strains or even like, right. well, uh, well, here's something interesting. Like one thing I've noticed, like, like I get these mushrooms to people, you know, that I feel like would need them or someone, a friend that wants some, you know, uh, I've noticed like the Mazatapic, for instance, they seem to like those more than the Melmax. Really? Uh, and from what I gather is like the Mazatapic is more of a visual mushroom. Like gives yeah. them the fun, the fun visuals, you know? Yeah. And the Melmac gives them that deep, like mental trip. Yeah, or the, the the introspective thing, true. Uh, and they they just want to have fun. They're not they're not, not everybody's trying to go that you know on that introspective trip. Yeah. So they prefer the visual strains instead of that mental strain. Yeah, there is definitely something there. I think um, you know even when um, last year when I started doing the larger doses, um, I was using uh, different types. They're still. Uh, Cubensis type mushrooms, but um, I did um, I did it for that you know introspective. Uh, yeah, which I I think you sh you should have those introspective trips. Like they're good for you. Like well, those are what you're gonna figure shit out. Like sure, yeah, that sometimes when I take like a mushroom, yeah, and I decide a trip, yeah, I just want to have that fun, giggly visual trip. You know, that's where I have fun. But sometimes I feel the need take that introspective journey it, it can be really good for you Fuck yeah i, I think uh <clears throat> see that's kind of the, the the like for me i i microdosed for those two years and to be honest with you for me i kind of felt like it was more of like a mood like i'm not mood mood enhancer like kind of kind of boosted my energies and kind of you yeah know, it, oh. i definitely noticed that um so like you know i wake up kind of like fuck, gotta go to work you know when i first awaken you know and then i take some dabs you know drink some coffee you know that'll help wake me up a little bit not always but you know, and then when i take the mush the microdose usually about like an hour later when i'm on my longboard riding to work it starts kicking in you know i can really tell and uh you know i just feel happier and i just like it's like i take in everything like i'm, I'm riding my longboard and i'm just really appreciating the trees and everything you know and the people <laughs> hell yeah it's, it's a fun little ride to work on my longboard, you know, and I, it does get, like give me an energy boost, yeah, and a mood boost. Like I'm happier, you know. Yeah, see that. See that's that was like my conclusion after those uh, those two years. But since last year, I kind of I still microdose here and there, depending. Um, but it wasn't as um, wasn't as regimented as those two years that I was doing them. Um, have you uh speaking about these introspective trips have you, how was that um that ape uh experience that you had did you go oh, there with it was kind a, of an intention or how, how did the well i mean yeah kind of i mean i didn't know what i wanted to mm. figure out i was like I, I just you know i'd been on dmt world you know at first i i'd been on there since last summer but i never really talked a lot you know i just kind of mm -hmm. I got on there every once in a while and I observed red shit, you know, scrolled, 
and then you know when the homie reached out to me you know and decided to meet up and he gave me those things and i was like wow you know, like i took them and i was like i don't let's see like what these things can teach me you know yeah i really want to know i want to know and they taught me you know so yeah and then that's that from that point on that's when i started getting more active on the site you know i got i started became a patron member you know donating money nice started started the conspiracy group on there i mean i haven't been on there because i'm lately guys because i'm lazy you know my app's broken i don't like to go through the browser i'm really lazy you know you should do <laughs> uh one thing that i do suggest for people that that are in that same position there or maybe you know are out of town or you know away from uh internet connections for uh, long periods of time is make other people admins on there so they can run it you know in your absence i'm sure you've got somebody on there that you can do that with um you can still be the founder of the group but yeah. add them as a as an admin because that's oh, all one one thing I noticed, like when I'm on the browser, I don't, I can't find the marketplace, like to buy like a, a t-shirt if I wanted to buy a t-shirt. Yeah, right now there 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 is some issues, there are some ongoing issues that um, you know they're working on. So it's one of them things, you know. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, get your shit together. So no, I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a newer site. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> this thing just opened up. It's, it's not as established as a lot of these other. Um, you know, psychedelic based or psilocybin based or mushroom, whatever you want to call these other. Yeah, uh, like like shroomery back in the day or whatever. I mean, they've been there since you know the late nineties. You know, so. Yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, my first ever like psychedelic trip was with a Hawaiian baby woodrose seed. Oh no shit! Like uh, like I said, I was lonely after high school, you know, and I started smoking weed, and that kind of got me interested in like other things you know i was like i want to nice. try these these hippie trippy things you know oh yeah <laughs> so i started i found arrowhead yeah and i started just researching on there and yeah. i discovered the hawaiian baby woodrow seeds and realized i could just order them online legally and oh man and, oh, i'll probably never do those again bro that was crazy as fuck a lot of people have told me uh i've, I've personally never experienced uh them but a lot of people have uh I've read a lot of trip reports and the people that I have speak, spoken with and they kind of have all the same, you know, similar experiences. Um, and like Syrian Rue is another one too, that I've had, it's one of those ones that um, kind of in the same boat um, in terms of uh, availability or, you know, just kind of uh, methods of ingesting. Um, I find them pretty, pretty similar when it comes to uh, people that have tried them out. Yeah, it was uh, at one point. I mean, I think I did too much, first of all. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, well, like, I was, I was inexperienced. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, you know? And, yeah. uh, like, Arrowhead told, I think it said eat like eight to 12 for a really strong trip. Eight to 12 of those wine baby woodrow seeds. Uh -huh. well, I, ate, I ate 12 of them, you know, gung ho. Like, oh, let's do this. Fuck. And uh, about like 30, 45 minutes later, I got really sick. Yeah. Through a purge, I have purged like a motherfucker. Uh -huh. Like my body, my body was making sure every last little bit oh, of them fuck. seeds was out of my stomach. Yeah, and uh, I got done puking. I didn't feel nothing really. Like I looked in the mirror, and my pupils were a little dilated. But I didn't feel shit. So I ate twelve more. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking dumbass, you know? No, like, bro. <laughs> yeah, so I ate twelve more. I got sick. About thirty minutes later, I got sick as hell again. But this time, after I got done like soon as like i got done with the last hurl like oh uh, yeah i started feeling it 
And it sent me on this wild, crazy trip. At one point, I thought I was dying. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm dying. And this is it. But I was okay with it. (laughs) But then I was like, no, no. I kind of, like, snapped myself out of this. Like, stop thinking like that. And and I kind of started sending myself at a bad on a bad trip at one point, you know, because I'm inexperienced by myself, didn't know what I was doing, took too much. And I was like, what if I'm stuck like this forever, you know, because the time dilation yep. was really fucking with me. Like, it, like it seemed like time was just taking forever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's crazy. I've had a last year when I had those uh, those those psilocybin experiences. Oh man, that that was a constant thing. You know, it's just kind of that the that initial battle of what the fuck is going on and and realizing it what's happening and remembering sometimes even that you took something yeah sometimes you go so fucking far especially during the first you know your first few you know deep sessions um you know you find yourself in a fucking rabbit hole of you know oh um, yeah to the point to where you forget and you're just like, Oh fuck, man, I totally fucking forgot. You know, my first experience with psilocybin was like that. I remember eating, uh, I ate a few fresh fruits out of a harvest. This is a few years back. And, um, I remember prepping some grain for some jars, uh, you know, at the same time. And next thing you know, I'm just staring deep into this fucking grain, just completely still and find myself in this internal dialogue about how I feel, <laughs> I feel yeah, like I'm going to fucking die. And what the fuck, you know, like I thought I got sick or something and I was trying to figure out what the fuck happened. And, uh, oh, man. I had a, I had a recent trip that's kind of where I thought I was going to die. You know, I thought I was dying kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, I ate like 400 micrograms of LSD. There was four like gel tabs that I ate. And, uh, you know, I st- and then I snorted like a point, like one five of some ketamine to kind of deal with the come up anxiety. That's my goal with that. And, uh, freaking, uh, I don't know. I, st- I started losing it, man. I thought, like, I at first, all right, so it's going to sound really wild. Like, it was like, I was like an old man reaching the end of my life and like people were texting me and like I was sensitive. this stuff started just making me trip balls to the wall. Uh, it was like, it was like, it was you and like this, these people that were texting me as like my three children. And they were, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I think I'm dying. Like, and I told like I'm texting these people, like really texting these people. And I'm like, I think I'm dying. But in my head, I'm like, I think I'm talking to my children. I'm this old man, you know, like coming to the end of his life. And then Boom, it starts to, like, you know, I start peaking even harder. And I uh, really start thinking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going. Like, I even see some, like, crazy shit. Like, I, don't, I can't even explain what I was seeing in my head. And uh, uh, then I, it got to this point where I thought, like, I was literally having a conversation with Hoffman. Like, it was like he, uh, he implanted his consciousness into the LSD molecule, right? And was able to communicate through it. And it was like we were walking through my mind. And he was just showing, like, presenting LSD to me. Like, this was his work of art, you know? And, like, and I told him, like, dude, you've managed to capture perfection. And then I was like, why is this stuff suppressed? Is what I started thinking. Like, he's like, and he basically told me, like, he's like, like, you should get this to people, you know? Like, this needs... This this will help people. Like it should be given to people. And I was like, well, how do I give it to people? You know, how do we get it to people and stuff? You know, and he didn't really answer me. But uh, 
He's like, that's on you, basically. That's up to you to figure out or kind of thing, you know, how to spread this love to people, this perfection. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I came down out of it, like out of the peak, you know, and I, I'm still feeling it for a while, but I wasn't, and I was able to talk, you know, coherently to people now. And I was like, wow, that was nuts. But I mean, it was very uncomfortable, you know, and I thought I was dying and stuff, but looking back on it like that was crazy and great like what the fuck is that and i was like is that even possible for somebody to do that like if hoffman was able to do that like truly i mean he had he's basically a god in my opinion you know what that's um having uh these experiences are are important to to a lot of people and also being able to have the ability to um to have these experiences like a, as a legit option you know is definitely something that um that needs to needs to come to fruition but and i know a lot of people are into you know sharing you know sharing stuff like that but to be honest you know i i really encourage people just to get involved with their local psychedelic communities and <clears throat> see about their their own decriminalization i know you where you guys are at you guys are already on the fucking you know you guys are in the yeah the, the ball's rolling here exactly already, you know? yeah. but the thing is too is uh cannabis has paved the way for a lot of these things too you know and even um, now most most definitely even now the, the the forefront of the cannabis industry you know where they where they've taken it to. Um, I mean, they're at the DEA's front doorstep, de- demanding that they fucking you know relinquish the power to fucking schedule things just because it's a fucking it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to imagine that these guys are paving the way. This is something to really pay attention to because <clears throat> one of these days, you know, some of these <clears throat> excuse me, some of these other plants and funguses and, and substances or compounds will eventually get to that point. I think that as a society, you know, we are starting to realize that, you know, these things are just fucking plants and, and, and fungus and, you know, compounds, you know, made for us. (laughs) And that there are some medicinal purposes. And also at the same time, it's like, look, man, as an adult, I should be able to choose what I do recreationally as well. And, you know, as long as I ain't fucking killing myself or killing anybody else, you know, most people don't see the fucking problem, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But I, I think that, you know, this is where it starts is, you know, people pave the way. And, and once you see that, you know, pay attention to these guys and see what they're what it is that they're doing. You know, a lot of these people that are in the decriminalization movement, you know, they, you know, they just kind of got fed up with shit and people that were in the right positions at the right time. They all got together and, you know, <clears throat> they know how to use the, uh, you know, how to file fucking paperwork as well. You know what I mean? Like shit like that is stuff that, you know, the normal person or normal average citizen here is you know you ain't you ain't, you ain't got no fucking time you ain't got no knowledge for it but the, the fact of the matter is there are people out there doing it and if you can support them you know support them in any manner that you can yeah i totally agree like recently i <clears throat> i got with uh i started doing a lot of public work here and getting involved with the established um, psychedelic communities and you know they're, they're legit they're legit organizations you know they're they're strictly about knowledge and strictly you know about organization and so forth and uh you see a lot of people in there you know making moves and you know doing the damn thing and for me you know that's kind of what i'm trying to get myself a little closer to because you know i'm i'm uninformed at the end of the day you know yeah but we all have yeah. the same the same opinion on these things you know and 
we can give things away and we can share stuff and wait for things to happen. But at the same time, you know, for me, um, I think that the, 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 where the fight is at is in the legal system is in, you know, organizations that do things is in being involved or being supportive of them. Cause at the end of the day, man, you know, it's going to benefit people like us as well. hundred percent agree, brother. But yeah, man, that's fucking cool, dude. I, I really, I really like seeing, you know, people reach out and I mean, you're literally creating, you're literally claim, creating your own environment and your own reality in terms of the people that you have around you and the support system and so forth. Uh, that's one of the biggest fucking things, man, is, is having a support system. You, know, you may not oh, start yeah. off as with the intention of having a support system, but having friendships with people, you know, eventually become somewhat of a support system. And I yes. Like even like the site and all these other sites, you know, DMT World and, and these other websites, I think that those are the template that, you know, people should follow in real life, you know, and I'm glad to see you guys out there doing your thing. I know you, you're part of uh, one of the meetup groups down there uh, where you're at. And yeah, I've, 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 I've met with uh, a, a few people on, uh, on the site that are in the area. And, uh, yeah, they all, they always, you know, hit me back up later and like, yo, we had a, I had a great time hanging out with you, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing, man. I like, I like meeting new people, you know, new connections, you know, the Don't web, me. the web or the net of life, you know, everything, everyone's connected in some way. I, I agree. I agree, man. How, how's that been going for you though? You guys uh, get pretty, pretty tight down there or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, we like, to you know invite people over for barbecue you know or yes. we go fishing out at the lake you know and, you know trip to you know sometimes it's not about catching the fish <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey man nice. look <laughs> even even just having conversations with people about you know things that you guys have in common mainly psychedelics or, or whatnot um man it just makes such a huge difference in your reality and in your existence um, and I, I implore people to, to do this, man. This is what we need, you know, is, is not only being an online community, but just being an actual community, even also in real life, like little fucking branches. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Completely agree, man. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Uh, also, not just for the individual, but for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah, it's good things. Uh, you make changes in people's lives, man. You just got to reach out sometimes i feel like i'm doing the work of jesus i'm not even a christian <laughs> <laughs> hey sometimes man hey so, here's the thing that I've, I've came across when it comes to psychedelics and, and the community our communities is that a lot of people come in uh you know at the end of the rope or on the edge of a fucking cliff you know and and some people um it literally is the difference between, you know, whether they're going to continue to do what they do and end up, you know, killing themselves or, or save themselves, you know, and stop the bullshit and, and, you know, change. Totally agree, man. I, I see that in lots of people's eyes, even my own, you know, and I, at one point I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. I've, I've, I know, I know a few people, I've met a few people that, that, you know, that help, they used um, psilocybin or some, one of the most, mostly the psilocybin, the people that I've came across to kind of kick something, you know, like a, like a heroin addiction or opiate in the, or, you know, and what they do is they stay in those neighborhoods and they fucking, they just, they're out there fishing souls. You know what I mean? And, and just, yeah. 
that shit is amazing, man. That is like that's beautiful that, stuff to me. Fuck, yeah. That that is what I would consider to be somewhat a, along the line of Jesus' work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you really yes, are, sir. Man, you know? Yeah, I just want you know. I just want I want to make the change that I experienced myself. I want every, like anyone that's struggling out there to get that. Yeah, the only the only the only fucked up part about it is just the legality status of all these things, you know. And fortunately, yeah. for you guys, where you, you know where you're at, at least for you know some of these um, some of these plants and, and and substances, you know, it's 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 pretty lax, and and you know that that's great. It's great to see that as well. You know, it gives everybody else hope, you know, in the nation and across the the globe, you know, especially when it's right here, you know, in front of your face, and you're seeing it on the, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, man. It's, uh, I mean, psychedelics are a pretty big thing out here in Colorado, especially. It's, it's almost like its own culture here. No shit. Even like in the the like the electronic dance music community, the rave scene. Like I started going to those recently, and oh, honestly, yeah. like those are those are great things. I, I encourage people to go to those things. Uh, like on the EDM floors, like I've noticed there's an absence of judgment out there on that dance floor in front of the stage. There's love. And it's it's great. It's a great environment in my experiences. You've been out there where you're at right now to some of those? Yes, I have. And uh, I mean, I had some that are rescheduled uh, at Red Rocks coming up, like uh, Liquid Stranger. I'm supposed to go see him and LS Dream, you know, and uh and then I got, I got a VIP to this music festival out here in Colorado. I mean, it got rescheduled, pushed back to next year, though. But my the tickets are still good. Uh, Tipper, he's supposed to be headlining. And uh, he's he's one of my favorites. Uh, you listen to his music on when you take some of these psychedelic journeys, you can really travel with music. Who is it? What's they, the name of the, uh, the artist? Uh, his name, Tipper. It's a really good one. You know, I'm 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 a stranger to 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 these things. You know, um, I'm I'm pretty uh, excited to you know learn from other people on here and maybe experience some of this stuff as well. Yeah, you, music can heavily influence a trip, in my experiences. Bro, music what? music is the fucking universal language, man. Yes. I totally agree with that. It's all about, and that's one probably one reason. Like I used to listen to a lot of rap music, right? Uh -huh. Well, since since I moved out here, you know, and really started delving into psychedelics with intention, you know, I, I've even changed my music taste. I, I mainly just listen to the EDM, and a, right. a lot of EDM. There's not much lyrics to it. It's mostly just sounds, you know. Yeah. And you know, some stuff I like, some stuff I don't. But you know, there's some stuff that just sounds almost like angelic to me, like just the really? way this the sounds mesh together, you know. You guys send me some stuff, man. I'd like to like to dip my toe, see what it's like. I know I don't, I, you know, a lot of a lot of this stuff for me, man, is new, you know. Um, but it's it's yeah. good to, to have have people on here who've had that experience and kind of expose, you know, exposure for for other people listening to. Yeah, I'll totally send you music, bro. Like, I love sharing music. It's like sharing music is a love language, in my opinion. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, all types, all types of music, man. You know, um, my my son, you know, when he was younger, um, his um, his father's here. He's my stepson, 
but um, there came a point in time when he kind of accepted his father was uh, going to be, you know, not going to be in his life. And he kind of went down a little bit of a spiral there for a sec, you know, and uh, I remember buying him a, uh, I was like a fucking iPod or some shit, you know, so he can download music. And it fucking changed everything, man. And I remember telling him the same thing, like, hey, man, music, music can, uh, you know, change your perspective as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, music can be a heavy influencer in your life. Like, and that's one thing I noticed. One reason I probably stopped listening to so much rap. A lot of what they talk about in rap culture is, is garbage, in my opinion. But yeah, and then it just gets old. I mean, it's kind of like watching a certain genre of movies. And then every new movie you watch, you can kind of tell how it's going to end. You know, like there's no more. There's like it's almost like there's nothing left in there for you. Um, <clears throat> may have played its part at one point in time in your life but you know well for me for me yeah yeah uh and i mean there's and there's still some rappers like i really enjoy but they're those rappers that i like nowadays they're more like uh like like really like lyrical logical rappers you know like uh, a rapper called ab soul hmm. uh, he's on kendrick lamar's record label tde uh, he's really a he's a conscious rapper he talks he, he talks about real shit you know and uh he's even got a song called pineal gland where he's just rapping about dmt hey, you know, hey I, thought, peace, you know, I thought hey. that was cool it sounds like you're gonna start tending to your own front lawn dog <laughs> <laughs> hey welcome Whatever, to the club man. dog yeah. <laughs> i'll just fuck with you man. honestly though <laughs> talking about tending to front lawns i think everyone should just replace their lawns with a garden Every lawn Hell was yeah, just a garden. Hell yeah. Solve a lot of hunger issues, I feel like. You know? Have you gotten into uh, stuff like that recently? Or have you always done um, had some kind of a green green finger, green thumb? Uh, yeah, I've always been into plants. Uh, like when I was with my grandma, like she really liked gardening and planting flowers, especially. And, uh, and a kind of funny thing, uh, like those uh, Hawaiian baby woodrow seeds, you know, I ate them that one time. I was like, oh, I'm never doing those again. Well, yeah. you know, I gave I gave a bunch away to friends, you know, like I was selling weed to at the time. And I was like, hey, man, you ever wanted to try tripping? And like, yeah, kind of was. I was like, here, eat these. They're like, well, how much money do you want? I was like, no, I'll just take them, bro. Just take them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. the rest of them I just kind of tossed out in the backyard. Like, they, they flourished in Florida, That's, bro. Yeah. They, they wow. grew everywhere viney and took over shit did they uh <laughs> does that plant like uh like a high humidity uh, i'm guessing so i don't yeah. really know much about it but it it flourished thrived in my grandma's backyard down there in florida and it, it was even taking over shit it became a nuisance <laughs> isn't it crazy how <clears throat> these these substances that we'd like like shrooms uh even like dmt all these other a lot of people end up crossing over in, into into you know planting shit like even botany and stuff like that. Yeah, know? I've I've always been interested in like uh like if I actually did get the chance to go back to school, you know, go to college. Uh, I've always thought I wanted to study like a uh, horticulture and like yeah. ethno ethnobotany, <clears throat> which is like the study of the relationship between plants and humans. You find a lot of a lot of hippies there, huh, Doug? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> <Yeah>, hell yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you, you know, it's the the reason I, I brought that up too is, uh, you know, when I when I was cultivating, um, you know, I, it kind of brought this. It was a therapeutic aspect to it, you know, and I know a lot of people can attest to that. And um, you know, I started getting into, you know, especially once I stopped, you know, cultivating, um, I started getting into, um, you know, planting shit and, and just 
you know, kind of tending to things as there's, there's something in it that, you know, is also therapeutic, you know, it's kind of like you trans. Yeah. It's, it's a relationship, even, man. I get that too. Uh, yeah. I've even grown mushrooms that don't get you high, you know, that yeah. mushrooms. Yeah. That, that's, but, uh, and then the thing about like tending to things, you know, the bond type thing, uh, you know, like we talk about that there's this thing called 5-MeO DMT that comes uh-huh. from toads, right? Well, I want some pet toads. No, I don't, have any intention to milk those toads for their venom because i've done research and i've read it the really uncomfortable thing for those toads like you're bringing them pain to get that venom out of them just to smoke or whatever the fuck you'd want to do with it and uh so i don't i wouldn't want to do that i just i would know that they have it and i regard that as like they're like a sacred animal and i would just love to care for them and befriend them you know yeah, you know what, man? That it's funny you bring that up. Uh, here locally, where I'm at, you know, I, I recently met a group of people that um, that were experienced in harvesting the five meo DMT. Uh, the the climate that I live in, um, you know, there's a time of year where you can find them all over the place. But um, <clears throat> they, you know, even the even for them, you know, they got to a point where they they realized that um, you know it's just not sustainable for for especially like this influx of people coming into psychedelics um to uh you know harvest it like that and are big proponents of the um not only the legalization or decriminalization of it but the the synthesizing of it just because um you know just because the love out of the the animal and, and the knowledge they have you know where they realize that you know you know there's there's it's just not sustainable for everybody to to be out there obviously it may not happen that way but you know it's still a good um move in the right direction i mean in my opinion in my opinion and, and theirs as well yeah man i don't know i've, I've never fucked with the uh, 5-meo dmt but uh, i've i've never done it either I've, i mean i've heard it's it's crazier than dmt like I've they say that- dm like in in dmt is the spirit molecule and they say 5-meo is the god god molecule, molecule. yep yep yeah. that <clears throat> but you know I, even though i haven't done it um i i have heard people's you know accounts of it and, and the beneficial aspect of it, especially like from this group here um you know they're all about that and um man it's something else you know they you know there's um some guy was telling me about this this there's a method of ingestion where they'll burn the skin and then they'll poke you with something that has huh. um, I, I, I may be confusing with another one but I'm, I'm almost sure i've got to double check it but they they have a little bit of the i don't know if it's a 5-meo dmt or yeah it's got to be I, th- I think it is or i may be confusing with the plant but where these guys even they'll burn the skin and then they'll poke it with something sharp that has um, the compound on the whatever that sharp object is yeah you know sends them into a whole nother fucking dimension you know i bet i bet uh i think uh you can still experience 5-meo dmt through like plants like uh, i think yopo or i don't know how you pronounce that but it's like a snuff or something i think i think it's got 5-meo in it from what i've read i'm not 100 percent sure so don't like hold me to that you know yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not so sure, but I do know <clears throat> that it, that it's 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 a legit compound, man. And again, you know, a naturally occurring compound. You know, um, it's just one of them things. You know, you once you the further you get into this um, this whole business or industry, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, the 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 more you see how ridiculous and ass backwards it is to you know be told you can't you know partake you know in these um, 
uh, with these plants or, or, or substances, you know, animals, whatever it is that, uh, you know, you pick. Um, yeah. It gets strange, man. You start thinking about it. Like, what the, why the fuck, you know, um, what is yeah, it? Why don't you want us to do it? Like, why? Yeah. You know, a lot of times too, it it, um, it makes you question, you know, the reality that you perceive as well. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that is the scary part for some people. You know, uh, we as human beings, we get complacent, and um, sometimes we're better off. You know, we feel that we're better off being comfortable. And you know, I I got to a point in my life where I realized that being comfortable for me personally, um, meant stagnation, you know, and complacency. Oh yeah. And it could definitely get like that. Like, uh, like even during lockdown, right. Where I didn't have to go to work. Right. For the COVID thing. Like, and it was cool at first. Like, yeah, I get to relax. I don't got to do shit. <laughs> but I started, you know, falling back into like that kind of same kind of like depression, like back right after high school, you know, I was lonely, I was bored. I don't and, ads, man. Yeah, I don't it didn't feel like I had a sense of value. Yeah. Like I know I had no purpose. Like I'm uh-huh. just sitting here not doing shit, you know? I think that's why um, you know, websites like DMT World and other ones are, you know, they get pretty popular because uh, you know, that sense of community, you know, there comes a point there too where, you know, you kinda wanna reach out and, you know, meet other people that have similar interests. You know, uh, I know of a lot of people that, you know, they grow up around, they grew up in a different culture to where psychedelics is not something that is a constant or they, you know, they're constantly around. So, you know, you end up kind of isolated sometimes. Yeah, I totally feel that. Yeah. And, uh, and some people, like you start talking about psychedelics, they look at you like you're crazy, you know, they just, they don't know. They don't understand, you know? Yeah. It's all, it's, it's almost, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, uh, fucking, uh, it's probably the equivalent of how, of of having Jehovah Witnesses knocking on your door. Yeah, pretty much. And you're like, oh my God, it's these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey man, I love the dog, but hey, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I remember when I first started getting into uh, psychedelics. My I've got my my best friend, his father. He's he's been a, you know a major influence in my life, and um, you know. I remember coming to him and talking to him about these, you know, just kind of telling him stories about, you know, the, the, this, this journey. And uh, at first, you know, he's he's like, oh, man, no, I can't fuck with that shit, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's going to fuck up your brain, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, yeah. I, kept, I kept at it, man. And he saw me changing and he saw this change in me. And, you know, and the, the conversations got a little bit longer. It took a while, man. It took like a few years. And then... <clears throat> One day I, I was over there at his house and I was talking to one of his sons, which, you know, I grew up with all of them. And, um, and I was telling him, cause I, you know, he was, he was kind of in a rough spot and his dad was like, don't fucking listen to him, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I, I just, I was talked to him straight up and I looked him in the eyes and I was like, Hey man, I was like, you know, this stuff has helped me, you know? And if, and if you can't see that, like, fuck man, I'm, I'm sorry, but you got to truly understand that I feel fucking better, a hundred percent better. And I kind of left it at that. And then, you know, on my way home, he sent me a text and he was like, you know what, man, you're fucking right, you know? And and as long as, you know, this helps you, then I'm fucking all for it, man, because I fucking love you, you know? And uh, that was something else, man, you know, to get that was like, oh, man, it just made me feel so good inside. Oh, yeah, man, I bet. Moment. I bet, bro. 
I mean, you know, I understand, you know, shit can get a little scary and people can be misinformed and, you know, believe all of the hype or propaganda and shit. But, you know, I, me personally, I'm not that type of guy. You know, I, I always keep an open mind, you know? Um, yeah, I try to about everything. I mean, we all have our own opinions about things. Of course. Like, of like course. even this, this racial whatever dilemma that's going on right now. There's a yeah. lot of, I mean, I can see, you know, rights and wrongs on both sides of things. Like, I mean, not not really too many rights on, you know, the racist side. I mean, we're being racist, isn't right? You know, there's no way you can make uh, being racist or harming people for any reason okay. You know. Yeah, but I think that a lot of the a lot of the conversations that are being that are happening right now is 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 steering it away from the actual issue. You know, and it's kind of dividing people. Or now it's it not, is. It's not well, about think, racism anymore. It's about. I, I think the the media has a lot to do. Hell yeah, the, of course. The twisting of course. Of, yeah. of things because oh, like yeah. that's that's what people get to see that aren't there. You know, like to actually see it firsthand. They just going off the media accounts of it and. You know, the media is always bullshit. Like, they just show you what sure. they want. And, like, you know, different media outlets, they're going to give you the news perceived towards a bias based off a certain political stance. You know, you can do your research on that. Like, some lean more left, some lean more right. You know? Yeah, a lot of them are business at the end of the day, man. And people make money, you know? So they go where the money takes them. But for me personally, I, I believe that. You know, I don't really watch any kind of. Actually, I don't watch any news. Um, I may yeah, I try not else. to. No, I actually just do not. And then it's been like, no joke, consistently for like around six, seven years, where I just do not watch local. The stuff that I do watch is like local stuff. Sometimes, every now and then, I'll turn on the local radio. But um, like all these big media outlets, I do not pay attention to them whatsoever. And sometimes it, it can be a little bit of a disadvantage. But for the most part, man my life hasn't got any worse because of it <laughs> well yeah i mean and then even look at like a what was that one news anchor like brian williams a few years back you know he got caught lying like saying he was over there in afghanistan you know or wherever iraq and he was bullshitting and he obviously got fired from the, the nbc nightly news job like that should tell you something man I think that in all of this stuff, including with the media, the aspect of the media, I think that as long for me, as long as I have an open mind and I'm looking at, you know, not just one side, because obviously I'm going to have a bias, you know what I mean? Like I, and, and a lot of these things, um, you know, and, but the thing is, is to, when you recognize that and you say, okay, well, I still got to, you know, if I'm asking somebody to consider you know, my perspective, then I also have to be able to give them the respect and, 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 you know, consider theirs, depending on how they're coming at me, obviously. Not everybody is as well equipped for, you know, good conversation. You know what I mean? And I think that's where we fucking trip over ourselves. Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. You know, there's a time to, to say things and there's a time to not, you know, because if you don't know something about you know a certain opinion then or ask um, perspective whatever um then it's probably best if you just you know keep your mouth closed or or just you know be open to other people's um you know yeah i i agree with that too like keep your mouth shut until you're informed you know you see everything for what it is and then maybe you can put your two cents in yeah and even then like for me um <clears throat> you know i've gotten to the point where even my beliefs that I've come across that I'm like, okay, this is what I believe about this. 
I still leave it. I don't put a period at the end of the sentence, if you know what I mean. You know, I, yeah. I leave it open because I've come to a conclusion that I'm, dude, I, I will never know everything about anything. And my, my perspective or my beliefs um, can be changed. Uh, and it's because I've gone through it. I've gone through where I was headhearted about something. And then, you know, I it just uh, full on 60 miles an hour into a fucking brick wall. You know what I mean? Like hard-headed motherfuckers. And, and that yeah. happens. You know, beliefs are, yeah. are fucking, people get fucking defensive about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, especially if, you know, like cognitive dissonance, you know, it's going something, you're telling them something that even if it's true, like what you're telling them just completely contradicts everything they've thought was true, you know? They, they have a hard time accepting it, even if it is fact. You know, they reject it. Yeah, there's something in, in being a human that, you know, whether it's pride or whether it's just lack of knowledge that, you know, we trip over at all times. And I think that, you know, the quicker you um, realize, you know, that for the majority of us, that's what it is that, um, you know, the, 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 the faster you start growing, you know, as an individual. And I think, um, I mean, me personally, man, I'm all for, you know, personal growth, you know. Yeah, me too. And, and as to long know, as you're not, as long as you're not uh, stepping on the guy next to you to get there. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we all got to live with each other, man. We ain't going anywhere, you know. And with the internet and being, I mean, you can reach out and touch anybody nowadays, and I know yeah. that to be a fact. And I don't care who you are, man. You can be, you're online, you're connected. There's a way to get to you. You know, I'm not saying in terms of you know you know, threatening people, but just know, like the way that I carry myself online, I carry myself uh, like this in real life, because, you know, I know that there's a possibility that's, you know, some of these people I may run into or, or that, you know, somebody can come knocking on my front fucking door if they, if they wish, you know what I mean? I can have as much security as I want on my devices, but man, I've seen people do, uh, you know, get through some of that shit, you know? Yeah. There's smart motherfuckers out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh Yeah. Thank God a lot of them are on our side. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because uh, the, go the government doesn't want to hire them because they just smoke yeah. weed or trip balls occasionally. You know? like, that's true. You know, I, I got into the IT industry like in the last two years, man, and I've met a lot of people um, here just locally, man. And um, even some people that um, end up working with like um, law enforcement, not working with them, but kind of training with them or training the people in law enforcement. And, you know, they laugh at the fact that, you know, they're over here, <laughs> they're yeah. over here fucking training DEA agents how to fucking, you know, secure their shit or, or do other stuff. And, you know, he's going home fucking eating a handful of mushrooms and fucking hitting his bong at the end. <laughs> Yeah, some pretty pretty fun funny irony in the Hell yeah, games. man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good, man. I, I'm I'm really glad you you know you're out there doing your thing with uh, you know that little crew over there, man. I know <clears throat> I, I know some of you guys out there, man, and you know th this is one thing that has been brought up a lot um, recently in in these talks. You know, is um, a lot of the community members, you know, getting on those meetup groups and uh, building their own little fucking local chapter. You know. Yeah, totally agree with that, man. I think everybody should do that. Like, if you're on the site, you're listening to this, I encourage you to you know, reach out to people on the site that may be in your area. If there's not a group, you know, if you if you can't 
afford to donate to be a patron and start the group yourself, you know, ask somebody. I'm sure somebody will do it. I'll fucking make it for you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, you know, I tell people like, you know how when you first get um, any any type of committee, but you know, particularly the one that we are on, um, you know, you get people coming in and you know they realize how things are and they love it there. And what I tell people is, you know, that same feeling that you get once you find that community that you know you fit in. I mean, that feeling is tenfold when you do it in real life. Uh, I think that's why it is important for, you know, people who are in this uh, or even on the site there to reach out to others. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's definitely became a, you know, it's beneficial for me. I've seen it. Yeah. Do you think that um, comparing both the actual experiences with these substances and the camaraderie or the sense of community that you've gotten since you, you know, started down this path. Um, do you think they're pretty, pretty neck and neck in terms of the benefits you get from them? Uh, yeah, I'd say so both. Um, uh, even without the drugs or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> like friendship and love is the number one thing out there, man. Like love is love is the message, man. Love's the movement. Love is what it's all about. Yes, sir. You know, um, I, I think, though, that a lot of people, um, they get a little caught up with the online aspect of, you know, when it comes to sense of community. And I think that um, you, sometimes people lose themselves, you know, and they kind of become a different type of person, which for me is like, hey, you know, you do you. But, you know, for me, um, specifically for me, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to be who I am on both fronts just because of that, because I do, you know, plan on meeting a lot of people and, um, you know, having new friendships, you know, it's creating that network in the bigger picture is what matters the most because that's, what's going to get us kind of all working together or in some kind of, you know, unison type way where, you know, <clears throat> information is within seconds we've already uploaded into our brain, you know, that's the kind of world we live in now. So if, you know, there's more people with the same commonality, with the same access to information, you know, things are going to move a little quicker than, you know, it did maybe in the 60s or the 70s. And you think about it now with all the technology we have and, you know, this whole reemergence of psychedelics and psychedelic communities, you know, I, I'm really excited to be part of it, you know. I agree. Me too, man. Uh I'm loving it, actually. I, I like seeing it. I like seeing the progress, uh, these things becoming more widely accepted and studied, like by like Johns Hopkins University, you know, for example. They're doing some good stuff over there from what I see. And yeah, there's a lot of a lot of those organizations out there, man. They, and they, a lot of these guys have been doing it forever, too, man. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, it just seems like just recently uh, the government's kind of you know, loosening its restrictions on studying these things a little bit. Well, definitely um, the local governments too around our country are, you know, and I think it may just be a generational thing. You know, I think it may be, you know, new generations coming in and new perspectives coming in too. And, and you can see it starting on the local level, which is, it's beautiful. You know, I, I met this, um, fuck, maybe like, Last year, um, I go to this barbershop here near me, um, and I took my, my boys out there, 
to get a haircut. They had like a little back to school thing. And uh, <clears throat> I met this lady who was running for some kind of um, office position here locally. And uh, there was uh, some representatives from a few of the dispensaries around here too. And I was like, Oh no shit, man. And I, I remember talking to her about it. And she was like, yeah, you know, she's the same age as me and you know, she's seen everything and she's, you know, I was like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm like, that's good. It's really good though. Really good to see that, man. Yeah, that is, I like, I like hearing that kind of stuff, man. Have you looked into any other, um, any other like psychedelic clubs or organizations there uh, locally? Uh, I know there, there's a psychedelic club of Denver. I haven't really like, you know, checked them out too much. Uh, there's this place here. It's called Twisted Root, right? Uh, and it's a kava bar. So it's just like, like a normal bar, you know, like where you'd go and sit at the bar, drink some alcohol, but it's kava instead. Like if you don't know what kava is, it's like this, uh, this herb and they, they use the root or whatever, uh, to make like this tea, like this drink. Uh-huh. And, and it's kind of like a, a natural alternative to like alcohol and benzos that like can help with your anxiety and doesn't have as many negatives. That's crazy. And uh, they have like a lot of stuff there. Like even like I, I've seen flyers there when I've stopped in there, you know, and uh, they've got like people like flyer for a uh, mushroom growing classes, mycology classes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a community like the regulars that go in there, you know, it's it's they're they're a community themselves of doing this kind of stuff yeah i think um i think especially there we were at that you know that I, I would imagine there'd be a lot lot more of that presence there yeah and it's good stuff man and uh you know i've, I've met people there at uh, twisted root that are you know into psychedelics obviously like a kava bar is you're not going to find, you know, too many uh, people that aren't like us in there because it's not really known about it. <laughs> You're not going to find any cholos in there either, huh? No, no. <laughs> mainly mainly uh, hippies or whoops, yeah. whatever you want to call them, you know. <clears throat> I got to look into that, man. I've heard of uh, Kaba. I just never, I never looked into that. That's, I've heard of, uh, <clears throat> I've heard of uh, Kratom or Katam, um, like uh, bars, I think too. Uh, I've tried to use Kratom. Like, like I said, I had a problem with opiates and I mean, it might've helped a little bit like with cravings and stuff, but it just made me sick. Like it hurt. It upset my stomach a lot. I, I didn't really, I didn't really care for it personally. Yeah. You know, I, I have heard of people having those issues for me personally. I've, I do. Um, I think Kratom's got got a place in, in the in the medicine cabinet for sure. Um, for me personally, uh, you know, I've never had any any uh, GI issues uh, when taking Kratom, and um, it really helped with uh, you know some some dark times for sure. <laughs> Honestly, uh, what I found was helped me the most get off of opiates was a. Uh, thc you know extracts or concentrates the dabs okay like they'd get me so high that i wouldn't even have an urge for that opiate high you know and they like it's such a concentration of thc that you're getting at once like it, it would take away all my body pain if i had any body pain you know like it basically would do anything an opiate did without all the, the negatives that's a pretty that's pretty awesome man i I, I've never, um, I've never gotten too deep with uh, THC or, or cannabis. Uh, not, even though that was one of the first things I kind of turned to after, um, you know, trying everything else out. Um, 
but it's interesting to hear, uh, you know, other people's, you know, experiences like that. Um, you know, cause for me, man, I, I'm a little sensitive to, to some compounds and THC is one of them. Fuck man. I'd be fucking, I'd be dying, bro. <laughs> for with some of the shit you motherfuckers out there be doing, man. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a heavyweight when it comes to THC. Like, uh, I mean, I smoke dabs every day. I probably about a gram of dabs, a, maybe what I average a day. Maybe not so much now that I'm working a lot, but I, I can do that. And uh, with edibles, especially, like, I don't even know what my limit is on them. Like, fuck. I can, I can eat 300 milligrams and be totally functional. But if I'm working, like, with my microdose, like, I like to eat, like, 100 milligrams of gummies. Because, uh, uh, like, if the microdose, like, kind of starts wearing off a little bit throughout the day, you know, the, those edibles will be there, the gummies, the 100 milligrams. And, like, like I said, if, like, my back starts, you know, giving me a little backache from, you know, being on my feet or like bending over lifting stuff all day whatever like whenever i eat the gummies before work i don't experience that and it's like i'm not like kind of feeling drained towards the end of the shift you know it's like i'm just good to go you do a lot of physical work in your uh, job uh I'm, I'm just a bar back right now i mean i have to lift like uh you know kegs and stuff that's Plus probably the most be walking around hustling and shit. yeah a lot of moving around and walking around. I also bust the tables. You know, I wash dishes. I also run food for the girls. I don't have to do that. But uh-huh. like I said, I, I'm on top of my shit. I'm about my, I'm a, I'm a hustler. Nice. I'm about my stuff. You know, I come to job. I do my job and I, I take pride in my work. Man, a good work, work ethic goes a long way, man. It really does. Because you and know, I, I, I used to hate going to work, but ever since I started, you know, my, the microdosing thing for work, I really don't have that. Ugh, it's work again. It's like, oh, let's yeah. go do this. You know, let's get get this done and you know make this money or whatever. That's good to hear, man. Um, <clears throat> I I tell a lot of people often that you know microdose uh, microdosing or even any of these uh, plants or substances. Um, for some people, it's almost a necessity, man. Because if it wasn't for that, you know, they would be on some kind of other medication. You know, and some people just kind of don't want to go through the whole fucking process or are tired of going through the whole process. Uh, when it comes to you know prescribed medication yeah i understand that and like 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 you said the legality thing uh these things aren't so widely accepted everywhere and if like it was found out like somebody was even microdosing you know it could bring ramifications for them like losing their job if like you know someone in the their their job found out or you know or you know going to jail and people are scared of the legal ramifications even if it they do believe it would be a beneficial thing for them. They don't want to touch them until they are legalized and they won't get in trouble for them. Even with weed, like it happened like that. Yep, exactly. That's People want to why... stay quiet or in the closet if they do use it and don't want to like, you know, get active in the involvement to change things because they're scared of ramifications. They'd rather just be low key, you know, and let, you know, everyone else deal with it and work for the change you know which i understand yeah definitely uh for some people you know being in that position is is very difficult um you know for me personally i'm i'm working my way towards there you know um but just i understand some people you know are not in the position to, to do are not either as fortunate or you know just not in the position to at that moment yeah which and I can understand, like you know, you know, some people they could get, they could risk losing their kids if 
exactly you know, like the wrong person found out that they were even microdosing you know yeah which i could under, i could understand that yeah it's it's a shitty situation it really is but you know for the people that can and the people that do have that opportunity you know i'm i'm glad that you know people are actually stepping up and and you know being part of it you know i just i got to a point for me in my life where i'm just like you know i you know i, I I've benefited so much from psychedelics, from these alternative forms of healing or treating my issues um, that, you know, that was no other way. Like that was just always the step, a step in the evolution of, you know, a person that's going through this type of uh, journey, you know? Yeah. I totally agree with you, man. (coughs) Sorry to bad dad. It's all good, man. So out of all the, uh, so how long do you say your, um, would you say your experience with psychedelics has been, um, as far as being more consistent? Uh, more consistent recently. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, I was like taking like acid like every weekend for you know, a couple of months. And then, uh, and when I first like discovered mushrooms, like back, you know, maybe like four or five years ago, uh, I was eating them every weekend for a good little while too, because I don't know. That's had a good time on them, and it's like I said, I never had like that crazy introspective trip like those Peter's Envy sent me on. But you know, I've ha- I had trips, you know, and I had fun, and uh, it would even like I noticed like after like the day after sometimes like you'd have like this glow and different perspective shift, you know? Yeah. <coughs> I think they're really important to have, you know. For me personally, um, you know, I hear a lot of people, you know, having these experiences like ayahuasca is a big one for a lot of people, especially because, you know, they can, if they can afford it, you know, people can go to um, go out of state. I don't know if I'd have the balls for the I, mother Aya. Just, really? I just, I just hate purging, man. <laughs> no, man. Every, I think everybody does, man. But, you know, I, you know, I, I went through that with uh, psilocybin, man. I had, um, last year during my you know my mac my heroic doses um you know there was one in the beginning where <clears throat> and man it was just total fucking persian it was like a symbolic thing you know because then you kind of think about it and you know it's almost like being reborn again man it's just uncomfortable know. and it sucks ass when you're doing it <laughs> it, does. it does but I, I think there's there's some people who have even just become and become accustomed to it like for me, I got to a point where I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to expect it every time. And, you know, over time and, and also different forms of ingestion also help, you know, there's things you can add to the brew and there's things you can add to, or yeah, um, I've heard like you can, you know, change your diet up like a few weeks prior to doing an ayahuasca thing, you know, and, yeah. and it'll, it'll make the purge not so bad. You know, well, that's also, it- I think that's also part of the, just the traditional route. You know, there's um, I've spoken with some people who add things to the brew and helps out with that a lot because they do see that. And, and, you know, this brings up another, um, another point. Um, I was talking to Jilly beans just the other day about this, where, you know, people have uh, ingesting these substances in different, um, different methods. Like um, <clears throat> she brought up the question about what I thought about people putting DMT in cartridges and 
you know how some people see see it, see the negative side about it about how you know some people may you know be able to do it more often with a driving you know shit like it'll bring up negative yeah I, which, I could see that too or like the case where uh like what if you got your pen on you you know and it accidentally falls out of your pocket like at the movies or some shit you know and you know someone picks it up they think it's oh it's a weed card you know because that's pretty common nowadays and uh, they they hit that, you know, and whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, their whole world is just turned upside down, you know? The key to a <laughs> fucking realm, man. Yeah, and like, they are probably they might be out in public when they hit it because they you know, think it's weed and they found it in public, you know? And so it's like, why not hit it? And then like, whoa, you know, they, they might be in the wrong place for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, those are all ifs, you know? But not to say that it won't happen because it will happen. I mean... You know, and and um, uh, I've also seen the argument. Uh, I forgot who's who said it. It was a a big like, you know, figure like a public figure. You know, someone more famous in the psychedelic things. But he he was saying, uh, it the DMT cartridges make it too common. Like it it uh, gets rid of the like the sacred aspect of the DMT. Yeah, but see, I, I I really believe that the sacred aspect is all within your perspective. You know what I mean? If if you are surrounded by people who see it the same way, then that's what it's going to be for you. You know what I mean? But if you're out there, you know, with people that see it differently, then yeah, obviously that's going to happen too. But because at the end of the day, who the fuck is to say anything is sacred in this in this existence? You know what I mean? I understand that there's the respect part of it and everything, and and that's great. But, you know, this is something that comes up a lot, you know, like um, even for there was this article that was posted on on the website a few weeks back about how there was a company that was uh, engineering psilocybin. They were taking out some kind of compound out of the mushroom, psilocybin mushroom uh, that they claimed took away the bad trip. And then people were like, why would you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's just, you know, this whole conversation started about it. And. You know, there's people that are just purists where they're like, no, it has to be this way. This has to be done this way. And <clears throat> look, man, for me personally, I do believe these things are sacred to me. Uh, but for me to say that other people have to take it the same way is I don't think that I'm in the right, you know, I don't think that's my right to, you know, I mean, I could say it, but to ex expect for people to see things the same way that I do, you know, for me personally, I think that the more exposure that these plants get, the more, uh, yes, the more bad aspects, you know, the more the negative aspects are going to come out as well, but it'll also give us a chance to, you know, talk about it and go through it and resolve uh, any kind of issues that are there because we have to keep going forward anyways. You know, we all, at the end of the day, we all live on the same fucking rock and we ain't going anywhere until our last day here, you know? Yeah. I understand that brother. Cause here's the thing, even like with ayahuasca, you know, everybody everybody um relates ayahuasca to the to the um you know the guided journey right people know that there's a whole thing behind it it's not just you can hey let's go drink a cup of ayahuasca all right cool man i'll see you there at eight all right cool, well man. well well actually uh down there in like south america i've read uh you know and some of these towns or whatever these tribes uh you know like the, the the shaman or the tribe leader whoever uh you know he, he rings a bell you know gets everyone to uh they, they, they get together he gives out the ayahuasca to everybody in the town and they just go about their own business like back to whatever they were doing you know they're just talking mingling doing their job or whatever yeah. and then like 
like a certain like at a specific time like that that shaman just like blows a horn and then all of a sudden everybody just stops and it's like it's like he timed it perfectly to where the ayahuasca is hitting him, you know and he, <laughs> and he hey, i don't know where i read this you know and he starts like you know uh playing some music or drums or whatever you know for him and guiding them you know yeah man and you know at the end of the day that's man that's totally the right and for me i i think that's fucking awesome you know i really do um but it's still kind of you know that's um culture there's a culture aspect there's a traditional aspect but you know even for me i think the more exposure any of these things get is just going to benefit us if we decide to make it a, a you know if we decide to to actually you know listen to people and listen to their perspective consider their perspective as well um i think that you know that's another thing that people you know kind of get tripped over on is you know especially when it comes to these substances this is how I see them. This is how I expect everybody else to see them. Like, I don't know about that, man. I mean, you're kind of, uh, you know, I, I understand and I, I respect your, your right to that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if everybody else should be following suit with everybody else. You know, everybody, we're all, we're all complex, you know, individuals. And, you know, we all have different, you know, backgrounds and so forth. Totally agree. Totally agree. I just think that the more people are exposed to these substances, the more of a conversation is going to be had, you know, and I think that's a natural evolution in all things that, you know, that, that people share and come across. Yep. I agree with that too. Like, you know, like this, the stoned ape theory, for instance, you know, like, you know, talking about like, uh, like our, if, if like apes is our ancestors, right. Uh, like they ran out of a food source, they start eating these mushrooms that happen to have psilocybin in them, right? Well, like you could technically survive off of psilocybin mushrooms even now. Like if you ran out of food and you were growing just those, you could eat them and survive off of them, you know. And uh, and eventually the the magic would, would I, I'm, I'm assuming, it would go away, you know. Especially with tolerance, yeah. Yeah, but it's still like this doing things in your body in your brain like mm-hmm. like like the stone date theory says like they that they ran out of food started eating the magic mushrooms for every meal and it led to like their evolution of like to what we are now like our conscious how we're conscious and intellectual beings or whatever you know yeah you know the thing about the stone date theory too that i was <clears throat> i was thinking about the other day was um you know if there was psilocybin mushrooms growing naturally, then I'm pretty sure that it, that same habitat could, um, you know, support other non-active mushrooms, which you can also be surviving off of, you know, but the fungus kingdom is a, is a fascinating one, man. It's, uh, it's something else, man. I'm, I'm actually, I just invited this dude, <clears throat> uh, yesterday to come on here and kind of, um, talk to us about, um, Cause he does a lot of hunting like foraging. Right. And just kind of how he got into it and, you know, and kind of give people who may want to, uh, you know, explore that Avenue to, you know, some tips or, you know, some kind of. Yeah. I'm, I, into I, I'm into that too. Like, yeah, even now uh, I just be riding around town on my, my longboard, you know, I, I'd be trying to keep an eye out for just any wild mushrooms, <laughs> yeah. even if I, even if I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. I, I'll take a picture, you know, take a picture of its gills and all that nice and, and you know you know like there's a group on the site you know like 
mushroom ID or something like that. Yeah. No, no, no. If I don't know what it is, I'll, I'll post in there or I'll ask on the Discord mycology channel and uh, say, hey, does anybody know what this is? You know? I mean, I'm just interested to know. I just want to know what it is. I educate yeah. myself. I think I think you'll like this one coming up then, man. Um, definitely keep an eye out for that, man. Uh, it's funny because, you know, the psychedelics end up getting you into all this stuff, you know, and a lot of this stuff is therapeutic, man. It really is. Like even even foraging and, and botany or, or, you know, just plants and other plants and stuff. And uh, kind of opens up uh, <clears throat> different doors for you too, man. I think that's a pretty cool uh, little aspect of it. Yeah, totally agree, man. There's a lot of people on the site too that do that stuff. Like, um, what is it called? Um, there's a channel on there for um, what is it called when like people um, like doing big old gardens in their you know at their homes and like um, basically you know growing their own vegetables and and just whatnot. A- just agriculture type <clears throat> stuff, you know, and yeah. farming. Yeah. Like ag- oh, uh, permaculture. You know what permaculture Perm- is? Uh, I've heard the term, but I'm not sure if I know the ag- exact definition. Me, me neither, man. But it's always it's always popped up. Um, but um, you know, it's 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 a it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, people got going on out there, man. And I see people, you know, getting others involved. Um, it's another one of those aspects that you kind of get introduced to uh, in these communities, and like seeing the. Um, you know, that relationship between people and the plants and, you know, earth and so forth. You know what I mean? Yep. Totally agree, man. You always I, huh? No, go ahead. Man. I said, I even like watching like just nature documentaries, like you know, blue planet, for instance, you know, or planet earth, you know, just seeing, we you know what's out there because even if you can't like physically go to some of those places, like technology is pretty brilliant, man. You can still experience it in some form. There's a uh, there's a YouTube channel that I started watching. Uh, I started watching late last year. <clears throat> and there's this guy on YouTube. Um, his name is Joe Santori, and he's got this channel called uh, Crime Pays But Botany Doesn't. Uh, this dude is fuck man. He goes around the country, <clears throat> like um, visiting like I don't know, like wildlife areas, national forests, and sometimes even just offbeat, you know, off the path places. And he's just I- out there identifying like different plants and shit, man. It's pretty cool. And he's got a he's got a pretty good sense of humor too, man. He's he's a cool motherfucker, man. I he's uh, something definitely to check out, man. If, if you're yeah, I think I think I've heard his name before, but I'm not sure what it was associated with. I remember uh, on the site, there was somebody who was posting a bunch of his stuff uh, last year, like around summertime, you know, when things started kicking off there on the site. And I remember that was the first time I, I visited his channel. And then, uh, dude, I'm not even kidding. I've, I've had like instances where I had like really bad trips. <clears throat> yeah. I would turn on the channel like when I got home or, you know, when I came to and just, you know, watch it and kind of bring this little piece <laughs> kind of ground me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. What are some things you do to kind of ground yourself with uh, whenever you get into into that? Uh, I I really love the sound of uh water, so oh I, yeah, I'll either like you know go sit in my bathroom and just turn on the shower, or even just sit in the shower, or like you know I'll turn on YouTube and just turn on like the sound of rain. <laughs> really? And hey, that's probably that, 
that's probably why you guys like uh, going out and fishing and shit. I saw I saw you guys post some pictures. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's beautiful out there, man. Like, I just I thought it was it's gorgeous. Like, I prettiest like natural place I've I've ever seen. Really, just out there is like eleven mile state park somewhere out there. I think is what it was called. It's gorgeous, man. Lake surrounded by mountains and valleys, you know. And I saw uh, some pronghorn deer out there. Nice. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, some nice bucks. You got? Uh, you ever do hunting? You ever go hunting? Uh, I've been hunting, a, you know, just a couple times in my life, but I've never gotten, ever gotten shot anything. You know, anytime I've gone hunting, I never saw nothing. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to go hunting a lot with my dad and my uncles, and. Um, it was nice, man. It's nice. I'm really thinking about getting back into it. I've got to get to get I'm all, you know, I'm all about like not like harming animals, but I think as long as you're killing the animal with the intention to eat it and not waste anything, of course, it's okay. And don't take more than what you need, you know, don't, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the first fishing trips I went to um, out here up north. Um, we went fishing. I went fishing with my uncles and my dad and everything. And <clears throat> we caught you know our own fish and fucking uh gutted them and prepped them right there you know and uh cleaned them up and put them on the fucking grill man and oh man it's good beautiful it's something that is not um especially for a lot of people living in cities you know it's something that we have a, a big disconnect with you know i grew up you know with the father who you know we were we've had ranches and stuff like that i actually, I actually spent some time out there in iowa just north of uh, sioux city Susu, yeah. All right. Uh, my my great grandma, my grandma that I told you is like my mother. Uh, she's from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, oh, okay. which is just right around there. Yeah, I actually lived near there. I lived on the border of Iowa and uh, and uh, South Dakota there. <clears throat> but um, you know, that's one thing that I notice even within in in my kids and my children. You know, um, I've uh, my my dad and my parents. We've uh, you know harvested our own animals and stuff you know in, uh, in my younger years and you know for me it was uh you know I, i've always remembered that and i remember talking to my kids about it and they're just like what the fuck you know they're fucking yeah. about it and i'm like what the fuck i'm like what do you think where do you think you get them fucking chicken nuggets from bro <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 just their mind. yeah and a lot <laughs> they, of they, even they, even adults just, yeah a lot oh man a lot of adults are stupid man like <laughs> you, know, think, you gotta think like how many people out there like don't even have a high school diploma like yeah well i think i think more so what, what trips me out is the is the openness um the, or, or lack thereof you know where people just refuse to you know learn something new or learn something different about what they thought they knew you know well even in our like all right so i could see like with our own education system like maybe there's there are some changes that should be made like i think even in japan like the students aren't all learning like just one base curriculum you know like i think yeah. uh they they test the students you know periodically and they take courses based on their strengths like their individual strengths well maybe you should do something like that here in america and maybe not only just add strengths but their interests too because if someone's interested in a certain thing they're going to be more apt to you know put an effort into it to learn exactly. or yeah. you know <clears throat> so yeah a lot of the problem is maybe just boredom like 
people are bored. They don't stuff has no interest to them. And you know, a lot of stuff you learn in like the curriculum here in America, like you never use ever again. In oh, your life. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have these conversations with my wife because a lot of our children, like now, you know, I've got a children, uh, a son who's, uh, he's going to be 20 this year. And, you know, I've got a kid who's just probably going into kindergarten. So, <clears throat> you know, we've seen the, the evolution of the child, you know, in our own home with, you know, the education system and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, it comes up a lot, especially with my own boys, but, you know, I'm a hundred percent honest with them too, you know, and uh, I think that's a big thing too, is uh, I always tell them like, Hey, keep a lookout, you know, for things that interest you, because at the end of the day, you're going to end up having to work or fucking learn some shit. You know what I mean? Might as well be yeah. something that you're interested in. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it was a, uh, don't quote me on this. I think it was Alan Watts said it, but uh, he said, uh, the secret is a, uh, Instead of viewing your work as work, view it as play, and you know you won't have yeah. you won't, it won't be such a tough time for you. Yeah, and you it got and you, no. It won't be it won't be work anymore. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. exactly, man. And and you know, like for me personally, I, you know, I found myself at that at that point, you know, where I was like, shit, man. I, I you know, I thought this whole thing <clears throat> was going to be a little bit different. You know, I had to get. Like I, I went to the military and <clears throat> excuse me, I, I ended up getting salty as fuck after being in combat. You know what I mean? And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm not going to fucking do this anymore. You know, I don't even want to be part of this fucking machine, you know? So that kind of left me back at point, you know, one, you know, from graduating high school and being like, what the fuck am I going to do now? You know what I mean? <laughs> and I tell my kids that all the time. Like, look, it's not time wasted for me as long as you guys are listening to the, you know, the things that I'm telling you. You know, because, you know, I went through, through all of this for a reason. And the only purpose that I can really see is to be able to pass down my knowledge to you and give you some kind of advice, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> it's um, sometimes you feel like you've wasted time, you know, because of it. And I think that, you know, finding what you're passionate about or finding something you do love, uh, sometimes it takes, sometimes people never even find it, dude. Or, or Yeah, well, and that, that's even if you think you have just wasted too much time and it's too late, man. It's, it's never too late to no, start, no. to start to learn something new or to make changes, man. It's never too late. No, I agree hundred percent, man. That's kind of, you know, the reason behind all this here, you know, in my presence online in the community and, you know, running this podcast and so forth. Um, you know, for me personally, I, I love doing this stuff, man. And if I could do this, uh, you know, as a full-time job and dive into it deeply. And oh, no, I, I think you're doing a great job, man. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I think, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the one thing is, you know, being public about it, man, because there's not a lot of people that do it. There's not a lot of people that, that want to, you know, that aren't in the position or want to risk, you know, their careers or whatever it is, you know, to put their face out there and in support of these substances. And I think, um, yeah, exactly. I I even had a conversation with that recently with like with my girlfriend. Like, yeah, like she's like how involved I get with it sometimes, you know. And I'm and I was like, uh, well, the thing is, babe, I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if if people aren't willing to take these risks to bring change, then nothing is ever gonna change. Yeah, you know, sometimes you have to be willing to maybe risk being a martyr. <laughs> yeah dude it happened. And, i mean she didn't like hearing me say that you know <laughs> but she, she was like call me selfish but fuck those people like I, you're, I want you to be free you know and so i can have you you know talk to you and enjoy your time and love you whatever you know 
which I understand that. Yeah, then there's also a little bit of a, a romanticism in there. You know what I mean? Where some people, you know, they go all out man, and they go they go deep, you know, and unfortunately, some people end up uh, in a bad position because of it, man. It's it's truly a fucked up state, man. It really is. Um, but for me personally, you know, I, I just got to a point where I was like, look, man, if if I really, you know, feel like I've got to pay this back or like that people should really be you know have this as an option then you know you're gonna have to make some sacrifices here and there i completely agree with you man that's good man i I like i like everything the state of you know this type of um culture whatever you want to call it um you know a lot of a lot of new people coming in a lot of movers a lot of shakers a lot of people that have been doing it for a long time a lot of people that are just learning to you know or or have the, the will to to learn more and you know, get involved and um, it's a beautiful fucking thing. And I'm really, I'm really um, honored to be a part of it, you know? Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm glad that I found DMT world and shout out to Panda for making it all possible. Yeah, boy. Yeah, man. I, I tell people all the time, man, this, uh, this is a, a time in our lives that I believe we're going to look back on and, you know, you know, bring a smile to our face and, you know, just knowing that we were part of it, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think we're all doing some pretty good stuff. Fuck yes, and I, I, I encourage <clears throat> other people and anybody that's listening, you know, to if, if you can, um, you know, get involved with uh, not your not only online but also your local community, man. There's a lot of people out there that uh, could use the help, you know. Totally agree. Yeah, I encourage you to get out there. You should even travel too. Like you can always get your money back, but your time, you're not gonna get that back. It's true, man. True. Well, dude, listen, man. I'm really glad that uh, you came on here. We had a little bit more of a talk, and uh, sure after this here, we'll talk a little bit more. But um, <clears throat> is there anything right now that um you want to bring up, or you want to talk about, or do you want to see um? For anybody listening, uh, uh, just man, all you be people keep your heads up if you're going through any tough time. Just know you are loved, and I love all you beautiful people. Whoever's listening to this, even if we never talk, just know I'm here, and we can talk if you want. And I care about all of you, and uh, want, want you all to just thrive. I want everyone to grow. Oh yeah, man. I agree. Um, if for anybody, uh, do you have any kind of, uh, you said you had a group, uh, on there. Do you have any other groups you want to uh, promote? Uh, well, I mean, of course the music group, just cause I love hearing new music post stuff on there, man. I, I, know, like, right? hearing, I like hearing everything. Uh, and there's a, if you're really into cultivating or learning to cultivate mushrooms, check out the Shroom and 2.0 group, man. There's some, yeah. some no, there's some knowledge in there, and people are willing to help out and tell you things, even if you're doing something wrong, they'll tell you. <laughs> and uh, and also and also check out uh Michael Madness's YouTube channel. That that dude yeah. knows that dude knows what's up. True, man. True, he's uh doing pretty good up there, man yeah uh, he doesn't you know he doesn't like come around as, as much as some people would like but you know he's, he's got fun. his own he's got his own thing 
He floats around. I, I, see I see him out there. Yeah, he's he's brought a lot of people to the site himself, man. Like, oh, he's yeah. A big, he's a big part of this whole community, too. Oh, yeah. I I was I met uh, Madness last year when he was on Reddit, and then when he made the jump from Reddit to DMT World, I went right there with him. He posted a link around. They're all talking shit. <laughs> Everybody out there was talking shit, man. No, I, I, I saw something that made me laugh. Uh, you mentioned Shroomery on one of his <laughs> yeah. posts, and he kind of got all yeah. but heard about that. He's like, how dare you? <laughs> it, is, it is what it is, man. I, I like <laughs> But, you know, to, for me, you know, hey, to each their own, man. I, 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 I credit the Shroomery with a lot of the shit that I learned, man. It's a, it's a good uh, – Yeah, there's, there's good information in those archives too, man. Fuck yeah, there's gold there, bro. But if you want more of a personal type of uh, experience or even knowledge sharing, definitely that Sherman 2.0 group is a, is a good place. Um, yeah, that that's a really good one. I encourage you to, to get in there if you want to learn. Yeah, definitely. Or, or even if you are doing it and you have knowledge to share. There get you go. There and share it. Yep. Post some pics, post some write-ups, you know. Fuck yeah, do, do whatever, share that knowledge, you know what I mean? And if you want to protect yourself, I mean, join your group. What is it? What do you, what's it called again? Uh, it's a home tech ed, home tech ed group. Yeah. But even dude, it is a little bit of a tricky fucking monster, man. I know there's people that, and, and, you know, I, I kind of agree to a certain extent where there's that believe that there's no real privacy, but <clears throat> there's, um, there's a few steps that you can do a little bit of buffer zones, you know, like I like to say that you can put up to, to help you um, on your online um, journey. And that's always good, especially in this day and age dealing with, with when you got the illegality aspects of the stuff we like. For sure. And especially since you're going to be online anyways. Yeah. It's always good for privacy. Like Privacy is good. Just throw away your Apple phone, your fucking yeah, phone. Man. <laughs> man. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I see some like wish ads or stuff that pops up. I'm like, how the fuck do you know I'm even like, into, into that, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. The motherfuckers got their fingers and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, but, uh, Dude, thanks, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. And, and you know, in the future, if you got any anything else going on, man, um, fucking come back on here, man. I don't mind. Uh, and anybody else listening, you know, if you want to bring awareness to something that you're doing or, uh, I don't know, share an experience or a trip report, man, hit me up. Um, you know where to find me. I'll be out there floating around on the site. So, um, yeah, no problem, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely, man. Hopefully we'll do this again sometime, dude. I'm totally down, man.